Marshall live and I am live you guys it is May 28th it is Thursday 
And uh, we are back um, with my good friend, Kyle Dillinger. Kyle, how are you doing, brother man? Bro, I'm doing amazing. How are you, bro? Dude, gratitude over everything. I'm doing, I'm doing excellent, man. I'm doing a really, really excellent. Uh, it's, I'm really glad to have you here. And uh, it's, it's good for us to have gratitude and life is amazing. And uh, I know things are, are great despite the pandemic and all these things that are going on for us. And I know that people on the outside looking in, when, when they're looking at the circumstances and events that are happening in our world, they might hop on a show like this, or they might listen to us on a podcast, and they might be so agitated or triggered or aggravated where they hear us go, man, life is good right now. Like, life is so good right now. And that might upset some people because they yeah. might feel like, yo, bro, are you guys looking around what the what's going on in the world? And you want to sit here and tell me you're happy? So we're going to talk about that today, Gilling. Thanks. Let's do it. Uh, bro, we're not, a, we're not a political show. Mm -mm. We're not a political not at show. All. I don't know. I mean, I'm again, I don't want to ever put words in your mouth, but like, I'm not smart enough to be a political show, bro. Like, I don't same. Same. I, even people are smarter than me. I'm just a regular American. I grew up blue collar in the middle of the farms in, in Illinois. I grew up on a farm. Uh, my mom made pretty decent money. My stepfather made basically no money. And so it averaged out that in America growing up, we were pretty blue collar, pretty, pretty average. How about your yeah, family? Yeah, I am. Um... I grew up, uh, my parents got divorced when I was nine, we, and my mom moved me and my sister to Michigan, uh, where we lived with my stepdad for a while. I actually ended up moving back uh, in between my junior and senior year, um, but my stepdad was six-figure earner, and um, I was kind of, not kind of, I was blessed with the uh, experiences I was able to have uh, during my childhood, thanks to my, uh, right. my stepdad being a six-figure earner. So uh, I did grow up in the Midwest for the first nine years of my life. And, um, and my dad is a blue collar guy. He's, he's, uh, the hardest worker I know you and him simultaneously. Number one, uh, just fucking always Yeah. Well, okay. We'll give it the pops. We'll give him the slide edge. He's got some, some more lineage time on the planet, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I grew up in the, I grew up in the, a similar situation, blue collar, but then I was, I was moved out and, yeah. uh, into a, a new life, so to speak. So, I mean, you guys got some very backgrounds here now, guys. Listen, on this show, this episode today, on May 28th, we're going to be talking about what happened up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, like straight up. We're going to talk about what happened to George Floyd, 46 years old. And uh, as we talked about on yesterday's show, uh, the, the really nice, amazing lady who wrote, who wrote me a DM, uh, she said, too often in death, we don't mention the name. So we're going to give out to Blake Hunter, uh, you know, uh, in death um, to celebrate him. But also, you know, you and I talked last night, uh, just a little bit of pre-production for this show about, hey, today we want to get up and we want to celebrate mental illness. Yes. People will hear that and be like, celebrate mental illness. We're like, yeah, but like, uh, fuck that. Because we said last night, uh, we were talking, you're like, oh, I just want to be careful of the gloom and doom yeah. that comes with that. And I was like, whoa, I, and I'm with you. But I was like, when you reflected it back, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Why does, why does mental illness have to be such a, such a gloom and doom subject? Why do these subjects that are so taboo, why, why do they have to be taboo? Why can't we talk about George Floyd? Why can't two white guys talk about racism? Why does it always have to be some sort of division or separation within what we're talking about? Now, listen, I'm not, I love everybody in all kinds. Dude, I've had black girlfriends. I've had Indian girlfriends. Same. I've had Mexican girlfriends, okay? I have black friends, white friends, blue friends, red friends, purple friends. I have friends that take vitamins and friends that don't. I have friends that love Jesus and ones that love Buddha. I have friends. I 
hey, listen to this. A Christian and uh, uh, and and tag or no, let's just say a Christian and atheist and a Jew all went to a, a retreat. You know what happened? Nothing. That shit really happened because we're all fucking <laughs> adults. Like, nothing happened. <laughs> we actually had multiple conversations about religion that went beautifully. Yeah. So. And um, this, you know, I, I am going to be forewarned, though. First off, if you guys are coming back and watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the show. If you guys are following us on Facebook, give this page a like. Uh, and if you guys are listening to this on podcast, like, bro, I'm so fucking excited to be on the podcast platforms. I can't even stand it. I don't know why I'm so excited, bro. I just, I just, yeah, I saw my, I, it's because it's, you've been wanting to be on there for so long, and now you are. I think so. it's, that's a I goal think so, completed. Dude. Let me show you this, dude. I got to show you guys this. Um, but this episode might trigger some people. All right, maybe I, uh, look at No, I already deleted it. That's okay. Uh, I'm on Apple iTunes. We're on Apple iTunes, Kyle, and I'm excited oh, about yeah. that. So go in real quick um, before you stop following me because of what I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> uh, go to Apple iTunes specifically. This would mean the world to Kyle and I. And just go download or subscribe to our podcast. Um, I love the YouTube experience is great. In my opinion, probably the best best way to experience, if possible, the Marshall Gillen Show with Kyle Dillinger. However, the the fact that we're all in the same boat, basically, we all have that one thing in our life that we want to achieve. We all have that one thing that we want to take action on. We're trying to get better at, but sometimes we're scared to take action. Now, I always tell the Gillen gang, just like you've been telling telling the Kyle crew, we're just because we're out here doing this doesn't mean that we're not scared of things. Doesn't mean that we don't have uh, fears and like that that we don't have trouble. And so my fear is like, oh, yo, like getting on this podcast, like actually doing it. I don't know what your fear is, Gillen gang. I don't know what you're going through. But the point of it is, is that if you guys could do something as simple as just click the link in our bio, go to uh, uh, the Apple podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe even leave us a review. You're helping us take action on that one thing that we're scared to do. Like, just like somebody that's, you know, wants to help you take action on thing that you're scared to do. And that's exactly why we're here at the Marshall Dillon Show every day. Literally just having conversations about making you a better human being. Not because we know what's right or wrong, mm -hmm. just because we're striving to be the best people we can be. Wouldn't you agree, bro? Facts, every day. Yeah. And so, like, uh, I want to talk about George Floyd today. And I'm going to say his name. And I want to talk about racism and hate because it's, dude, and uh, obviously right now I'm framing this up for our audience. But we're going to dive into an actual real conversation here in a second, Kyle. Um, I want to talk about George Floyd and I want to talk about racism because it's so, again, you guys, I just want to say that I am not right or wrong. Kyle and I are not claiming that. And we're literally just two guys having an open conversation about things that people are unwilling to have conversations about because everybody's so offended these days. Everybody's so, you can't say this and you can't say that. You know what? Fuck that. I'm a good human being. Kyle is a good human being. We're about to have a good human being discussion about racism and George Floyd, what's going on in the world, how it relates deeper to mental illness, to mental health, to depression. Dude, there's more than one person died there that day. Those four people, for all intents and purposes, whatever anybody feels about them, hates them, whatever, their lives are over too, okay? M more than just one person died there that day. And now we have an entire, an entire country that yet again is drawing lines uh, between each other. Oh, you wear a red hat, you wear a black hat, Oh, this and that. Blah, like, when does it fucking stop? And that's what we're going to talk about today mm. in the Marshall Gillen Show. Mm. So a few things for us, Gillen gang. Uh, Kyle and I, uh, we want to be able to interact with you like more one-on-one. -on -one. So we started a gang hangout, like a headquarters, a layer, if you will, where we do all of our gang activities. Okay. And we want you to join our gang. So if you want to join the uh, our mission or my mission, I'm kind of adopting Kyle on it. If you want to join, uh, join the mission of saving a billion lives that save a billion lives, uh, text Gillen gang to 833 222 
2694 and uh, join our secret committee, our gang. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do for them yet. Right now, there's a bunch of people waiting mm -hmm. at the door. Uh, they've given the secret passcode. They've knocked and just nobody's come yet. So if you're watching this and you're outside the door, just know like we're inside, but we just don't quite have our shit together just yet. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of you uh, uh, watching this can probably relate to. And so instead of half-assing it, uh, which is the habit that Marshall Gillen has always been in, half-assing it because he was actually scared to show up fully because, oh, what if he does and nobody likes it, right? I don't know if you guys are like that. Kyle's raising his hand. Yeah. He's like that. Because I'm sick of showing up half-ass, um, I want to make sure that everything we do is excellent. And so I know that when you join the Gillen gang, um, you're going to have an excellent time, okay? Like, if there's one thing I know about Marshall, he goes above and beyond to host. And I, I know that energy, uh, like energy attracts like energy. And uh, Kyle being here, I'm, I'm sure he's the same. So, dude, let's just, um, well, actually, one more thing, guys. I have, we have two guests coming on today. So here, uh, about halfway past the hour, uh, we're going to bring Sam Eaton on, who's actually joining us from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, you're going to learn a lot about kind of what's going on up there. But then we're going to talk with Sam and share, like, really how he's helping the world uh, with mental health, mental, uh, aware, mental health awareness, mental health, uh, mental health wellness, um, because it's a big deal. And I think that as we have this conversation, Kyle, what a lot of people are going to realize is that hurt people hurt people. Hmm. Hurt people throw anger at hurt people. If you hate the cops that killed that man, like, I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't. What I'm saying, though, is there's a hate inside of you for something that you are strangling out within yourself. Fact. Hmm. That's where Fact. the rage comes from. I look at that and I'm upset, too. But the thing of it is, is that I don't, I, I don't believe, and again, we're going to get into this. I don't believe that that white cop killed that black guy simply because he hates black people. Like mm. I guarantee fucking to you that that guy hates exponentially more things than just black people. He hates the way fucking people drive. He hates the way the fucking kids act these days. He hates the way the cops have become like it's, it's bigger than racism. Racism mm. was made by the government early in the, in the, in the creation of America. And we're going to talk more about this too. So we're going to have Sam join us. And then uh, later in the second half of the hour, we're bringing on real estate investor uh, from Michigan, uh, not too far mm -hmm. then, uh, from the, the, the crime that we're talking about, TJ Kermeens. And so I know you guys will have some stuff to jam about. We're going to get his yeah. on it. Uh, he's a husband. He's a father. And uh, I just realized, damn it. Nope. Mm, okay. So pause from the content, guys. You guys know that we're building the seven-figure uh, brand and show over here. And so not only do we like to tell you guys stories and our perspectives, but we also like to take a pause so you guys can figure out literally like if you're trying to build a business or a show or a podcast, follow us, fuck, copy us, I always say. Um, but yes. that, you, know, you know what I just realized, bro? It's two white guys and then two more white guys coming on to talk about racism. Like, <laughs> mm. okay? So, but this is the thing. This is the interesting thing and real talk, right? I didn't think about that because I, and I don't mind the sound cliche, but I don't, I, I just don't see color. Now, for somebody of color, they might look and be like, oh, that's easy for you to say, right? right. But um, I look at people as like, just who are my friends and who are good human beings? I had yeah, like, yeah, beings. But you know what I mean? But it's interesting because there might be something more to this than even I'm seeing. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, half, I'm half Mexican. Like, I'm not a white guy. I'm Hispanic. Like, and so it's interesting because um, we're going to talk, I'll touch on this too, but it's, uh, white racism is, exists for sure. Like, there's a lot of things yes. that black people say or Mexicans can say. But white people can't say, 
Like growing up in, in where I'm at, even being half Mexican, like a, a lot of things, brown pride. I mean, they have T-shirts. We have T-shirts as Mexicans that say brown pride or you have like the low rider on it or the laugh now, cry later symbols that we use for rock or little homies. And it's cool. It's acceptable. Like nobody really says too much about it. You know, the Mexican people stick with Mexican people. The white people are like, well, whatever. Black people don't really care. Like brown pride, brown, whatever. Gay pride. They have prayed. Mm. All, let's represent this. Now, if I was to go, yo, bro, white pride, people would freak the fuck out. If I was to go, yo, bro, I'm having a heterosexual party for fucking, yeah, looking at some hot Like, and I made a flag and a color about this. Listen, you want to talk about one of the funnest days of your fucking life? Go to gay pride. Go to the parade. Hmm. Go to the one in San Diego. Go to the one in San Francisco. It's fucking bananas. It's the absolute most funnest day you'll ever have if you like to drink and if you're not an asshole. Okay? It's awesome. So this is not about gay pride. Um, if you've ever been to a lowrider fucking show on a Sunday, okay, when the fucking they take over the park and everybody's coming through, cruising down the boulevard, and you guys are all dressed out, everybody's showing out, like, and the food is there, and your grandma and your mom and your aunts are there, and all of us dummy guys are sitting around, like, like I love, I'm Mexican. My family is Mexican. I love Mexicans. I love all people. I have experiences from every race, every culture. I love it. But I could just as easily sit here and say that white white racism exists. Because unless you've been a good-looking white guy that goes somewhere where other people don't have privileges, then then like you can't you don't know what it's like to be hated either. Like it's easy to go, oh, I'm a black guy that's targeted, but like I'm a guy that's targeted. Every room that I go into where, where I'm not like like where somebody might see me as thinking that I have a privilege, they treat me like shit. So again, this is not for anybody to go, whoa, mm -hmm. Marshall. Like I, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm doing me. Life is good. Life good, bro. Life's amazing over here. Oh, we have the number one show on the internet, allegedly, um, for making you a better human being. I don't know anybody that's going to have a that quickly, dude. And the the guests that we're going to be getting on, uh, the the freaking way that it's set up, the format, the things that we're going to be talking about and doing uh, is really exciting, man. It's really exciting. I'm glad to have you here, bro. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Um, it's interesting because uh, when we first got in the van, when we first met, you actually flew out to a retreat that I was holding in Joshua Tree uh, in November. And I didn't plan it this way, but the guys that were there, I started that joke, but really you guys, like when I, so this is how I run my retreats. I usually have them fly into a, um, a, a location where we then have to all get in a van and drive somewhere together. Cause it gives us like two to four hours of time when we're cooped up doing something that we don't generally like to do, which is take long car rides. And the conversations that I find that my people have when they come together like that is fucking amazing. And the one that we had, the one that, we, uh, that you were at, Grow and Bro Retreat, uh, was much the same, dude. Like I was a little worried though. Uh, one of our buddies, Ari, he's a Jewish guy, um, and he's very, uh, uh, what, loud, very, he's well-spoken. I don't want to call him yeah, loud. Well, him yeah, well, yeah, not loud, loud but he's like. Not a, he's very passionate. Yeah, very, very high energy, put it. very high passion. Mm -hmm. And then we had uh, uh, one of my best friends, John Flight, one of our best friends, John Flight, devout Christian, amazing, like, cool, normal-ass dude, just loves Jesus, loves God, wants to help people. Didn't one of have, the most amazing people I've met. 100%. And then Kyle, you come in at the time. I don't know. What were you at spiritually? Right. Coming in at the time. At literally, I went to that retreat thinking I was going to uh, be focused more on the business side of stuff, mm -hmm. like have business questions and do that. Um, but then that, that was actually where I, I started my spirituality journey and like learning about that stuff. Like up until then, I mean, I don't want to say like I didn't believe in anything because I used to always say, 
like I don't know what it is that I believe, but I know there's some kind of higher power because mm-hmm. I see I've seen or heard about miracles happening that just you can't explain stuff yeah. like that. Um, so I wouldn't call myself an atheist, but I don't know what exactly what the term exactly. was even called. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I've heard it called before. Um, and then yeah, that that trip just blew it open for me. Spirituality yeah, wise, it, it just. Yeah, I appreciate it. And for me, I was I was just in the point where I was very spiritual. I was like very I was starting to realize I had been done my mushroom trip a couple months before and then unlocked a whole bunch of shit. Um brought to the surface a whole bunch of shit that I had to heal, which was really crazy. Didn't know that was there. That's similar similar experience yeah. for me. I, and then that's been wild ever since. Wild, dude. Wild ride. Uh, but it's fun. It's great. It's like to know you're alive. Like this is life. It's been 100%. great to know. It's great, great to find joy and contrast. Like that's the biggest thing I can teach you guys, Gillen Gang, is wow. like you, you've got to learn to find the love for the contrast in your life. Um, I, I I often reference this through the fact that like um, I I like I miss being in a relationship straight up. Being single for a year has been I've never done it. Uh, I've been in a relationship basically since fifth grade. Hmm, shout out to Trisha Dempsey. I just saw I just ran into her last night for the first time in like twelve years. I mean she's married, but it's just weird that I just thought brought that up. But um. That's probably, we're just probably just reaching for straws there. Um, uh, fifth grade. And I literally, literally have never been single since then. Like mm. never. I went from one relationship to the next. So this last year has been amazing, but I do realize that I've always been built to be a father and a husband. Like, I don't know why that's what wow. my, even though I try to deny it. And even though I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't think I, that's for me, but that's, that's just what I, that's what Marshall's meant to be like that. It just is. And I know that, but I've been so comfortable lately with being single. And so, um, but now I'm like, I'm ready to find, I'm not rushing it. I'm not even like going out and like actively seeking. I know that when, when I know that when I am the reflection of true love and satisfaction myself, she will, she will mirror me and she'll appear out of nowhere. Like she'll, she'll show up. I don't have to worry about it. When the time is ready, she'll, the frequency will make it appear. And I just, I, I haven't got to the love that I feel I deserve yet, obviously, or she would have appeared. So I'm not worried mm. about that. Point being, Gillian Gang is this. Um, I, when I watch me, I'm a natural crier. A lot of you guys know, and I do love chick flicks. Like, bro, I don't know about you, homie, but give me a good chick flick. How do you, you like chick flicks? I mean, I honestly, it's been a long time since I've been into movies. Um, but like, I yeah, chick flicks and romantic comedies. I I love them. I love them. But I've recently been uh, crying over everything. I cried at the end of Avatar. Um, I put on Coco the other day, but I don't know if you've seen Coco, but that movie makes mm-hmm. me cry 100%. You haven't seen Coco? No. I'll write it. I'm, uh, it's on my list now. Bro, you need to watch Coco immediately. You need to watch it with your son. and um, I'll just, watch it this weekend. Just, you know what, bro? Prepare to cry because that movie is going to make you cry, bro. Anyways, um, so I, what, what I'm getting at, Gillian Gang, is like, let's just use Avatar it's such a funny. it's such a funny one. Why would you cry at the end of Avatar? Well, it's just like, the beauty of the love scene at the end of like when, when there's just such a connection, they fall in love. I miss that. I crave that. And in those moments, I fucking ball. Like I'm balling, dude. And I don't hold back because I'm not embarrassed. And even like I, I don't shame or guilt myself for purging emotion. Like mm. that'd be like if I had to sneeze and I like just held it in because I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, sneezing's embarrassing. Like who said crying's embarrassing? Why is that a thing? That's bullshit. And bullshit. so I'm, I'm purging my emotions. And I'm bawling. Now, this is the thing. In that moment, most people would be like, oh, woe is me. I'm never going to find a, a, a girlfriend or a wife. And this is how my life always is. All the good ones are taken. Or I don't deserve this. Or I knew that I wasn't pretty enough. Or I don't make enough. Whatever. Because that's what people are programmed to do. 
But mm-hmm. when you can learn to understand that that emotion and feeling is not good or bad, but it's the gift you get of being alive. Like when God or the source or whoever made this universe, they made a full spectrum of emotion, just like a full spectrum of color. Imagine if you could only see half the colors. That would suck. You wouldn't even know what you're missing out on. But just imagine if, you, if, what, if the beauty you've seen where it's half taken away, you'd freak out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's the same thing. It's like, well, why take away half of the emotions? You're, you're not, it's not even really being alive. And so I started to realize uh, a few months I, I, in the beginning of 2019 that finding joy in the contrast is what is beautiful. And we're going to, this is going to tie into the racism that we're about to talk about. We're going to bring Sam on and ask him some questions and we're going to have a conversation after that. Um, but what I wanted to say is that it, it's the same thing of everything in life, finding the contrast and not, and not, not being in the offended culture but finding beauty in the fact that we're all different. Now, I'm not saying that people should hate races, okay? Hate is not cool, and hate is not what I'm talking about. Hate is a product of sitting in an emotion and anchoring into it, which is anger. And anger only comes from fear, and fear only comes from pain. You're not fearful of something until it causes you a pain. You don't know what you don't know. And then it's like putting your hand on the stove. When it burns you, you're like, fuck, ouch, I know Mm. not to do that again. And so what I'm trying to, uh, you know, let our crowd know, let, our, let the Gilling gang know is that all of these emotions are not good or bad, but when we anchor in and settle down into them, they can manifest into hate and rage that can be manifested in whichever way you were taught to hate or to rage, whether that's hitting a woman, whether that's, um, you know, uh, uh, um, stealing money, whether it's uh, uh, racism, whether it's sexism, whether it's whatever ism. It's not that it's like suicide. That's the end result. Okay. There are, that's not the problem. The problem is not enough empathy. The problem is not enough compassion. The problem is not enough of us standing up and fucking having these conversations. So we can go, you know what, even though Marshall's wearing a keep America great hat and he's a a Hispanic and he's, uh, you know, definitely privileged at this point. I mean, I work from my phone. I I have every fucking security and thing I need in the world. Like I am the top 1% of the world right now. I realize that. But that doesn't. I'm, but I'm not going to discount what I've had to go through and the struggles I've been through because they're fucking real and they're harder mm. than most people. Wow. Um, and so it's interesting. You know, people look at white people and they're like, "Oh, white privilege." Did you guys? Did you know that white people aren't even the number one earning demographic in America? Like mm. Asian Americans are. Asian Americans are the richest people in America. You know who the second people are Indian Americans. Okay. Wow. So people look at white people and like white people have fucking problems too. You want to come to the Midwest where I'm from? And then it comes to some of these trailer parks and some of these de- beaten down. It's all white people who are fucked up, white on white crime. I'm not justifying white people or this or that. It's nothing about this. It's nothing to fucking do with race, everybody. This has nothing to do with race. What I'm trying to it reiterate to everybody is that emotions are emotions are emotions. So how can we, before they manifest into an expression, which can be racism, how can we learn to curtail them within ourselves? Because everybody goes, oh, um, um. Those cops are standing around looking. You know what? So we're fucking you. Oh, well, they have guns, Marshall. Oh, so your beliefs only go so far. You're not really willing to die for your beliefs, which I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. Again, this is not right or wrong. Your experience of life is your experience. No fucking buddy can tell you that you're right or wrong for experiencing your human experience. It's yours. That's how God made it. Please believe if you're the type of person that roots down in anger and hate and rage and racism, you're going to get bad shit in life. Not because God hates you, because it's an energetic universe and God made it so perfect 
that whatever you create within you is what you manifest to you. So it's easy for, for, uh, you know, people that are standing there filming, there's like 19,000 people that were watching live or something. I mean, there's some, some kind of crazy fucking number. Okay. So what we've got to realize as a society is how do we heal ourselves? How do we stop being offended? I, you know how many people like me and then they send me a message when I wear this hat and they, they go, I, I was following you until the red hat. Peace, bro. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Because of a collective narrative? Because of a collective narrative that reinforces their own opinion. That people can find these, these uh, events in life, and that's what everybody does. No, no, there were, fuck, uh, in 2012, I think there was uh, some things I was researching, but in 2012, for example, uh, a white couple, beautiful white couple, 21, 23 years old, were just leaving their apartment to go uh, uh, to have dinner with some friends and then go to a movie. While they were in their apartment, walking to their car, girl was driving, guy walked up to the car, was kissing his girlfriend before he went and got to the other side, and three black dudes ran up on him, held him at gunpoint. Those three black guys took those two white people down the road to a house that one of the, uh, was rented by one of the guys, and they raped them and tortured them over and over, and then they burnt them. Um, they found the guy's body by a railroad track, and they found her body a couple days later, uh, folded, uh, cut up and put in a trash can outside the house. Okay. So it's, again, you can always, always find a narrative to reinforce whatever belief you have, like always. And that's what people do. People will always find a narrative to validate their feelings that, that, that reinforce their beliefs because most people never are willing to stop and take a look at what's actually hurting them and then to accept a responsibility for it, then give forgiveness for it and then move on. And that's what I'm talking about today. What I'm saying is that when I'm watching Avatar and I'm crying, I don't sit there and judge myself over my limitations and guilt and shame myself. I don't tell myself, oh, I'm a loser for crying. I, I, we talked about this before, playing the, 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 uh, the conscious observer. Okay, this is me, Marshall Gillen, my ego, my body, my meat suit. That's, that's just 50, 50 trillion cells that are all one collective with that host of consciousness. I'm not even real. I have my ego here in the third dimensional reality that's sad and feeling lonely. But then I have my higher self that's able to look down and go, wow, look at Marshall down there fucking living, y'all. You see him down there living? Wow. And Experience and, and anger and, and all yeah. of it and love and hate, yeah. all of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at, you guys, is uh, we're going to take a quick break here uh, real quick. We're 26 minutes after the hour. Um, but uh, this is what I want this conversation to go into today. I want to talk about it's not about racism or of any of that. That is a byproduct. I want to end suicide. We're bringing Sam Eaton on here. One of the most, probably the best, one of the best top upcoming speakers in the, the world when it comes to Thanks. mental health development. All right. This guy is at the front, at the forefront leading the charge. Okay. This is what the Marshall Gillen show is about because we realize that the end product is suicide. We realize that the end product is racism, is sexism, is domestic abuse. What not enough people are stopping and going is, dude, why was that fucking cop so hurt that he expressed anger through racism, hate, and rage? It's not a cop thing. It's not a black thing, white thing. It's a fucking people thing. It's a people thing. And we're going to ask Sam why people um, are, are, are doing this. Why are people finding outlets of rage and, uh, and anger? Uh, and he's going to help us kind of get un un unpack some of this. He's an expert at, at mental health, and uh, I'm excited to talk to him. And so you guys, again. You know what to do. Give us a like. Give us a love. Uh, sharing is caring. And uh, be a friend. Tell a friend. So uh, if you guys want to join the Gillen Gang, text Gillen Gang to 833-26. That's not true. 
222-2694. And uh, you guys, we're going to go to a quick break, but uh, when we come back, uh, Sam Eaton is going to be joining us. Sit back, go grab your vitamins, grab some coffee, uh, grab us on mobile, take us with you where you go and enjoy the scene. Hey guys, just a quick message here. Taking a break in the middle of my workout, but I just wanted to, again, state the importance of making sure that you guys are surrounding yourself with like-minded people or people that want to either take you to where you're going or who already are at where you want to go. And what I mean, guys, is you're the product of the sum of the people you deal with. You know, if you hang out with a group of six entrepreneurs, you're going to be the seventh. If you hang out with a group of six millionaires, you're going to be the seventh. If you hang out with a group of six guys on the bar stool, you're going to be on the seventh bar stool. If you hang out with the people that are, you know, bucking around and wasting their time and doing that, you're going to be as equal as the people that you hang around with. You guys, it's that simple. If the people in your life are not giving you advice and support to take you where you want to go, or they're not about the things that you want to do, then it might be time to cut your losses, move on, and start setting yourself up success. Take that to mind, guys. I know it's a lot easier said than done, but you are the product of the people you hang out with. Surround yourself with good people. Go get your goals, guys. What was that six-phase meditation like for you? Amazing. Yeah. Transformational. Really transformational. Well, for you, it's transformational. Absolutely. John, how was it for you, bro? 100%. John? You know how, you know how I do. Dude, I'm telling you guys, man, that might have been the most powerful thing we've done. If you guys haven't found the six phase meditation yet, go do it. But better yet, go do it with people who are just like you because that collective energy is what's really the power behind it. I'm going to get better at the timing. I thought I had the timing down. <laughs> Dang it. We're a real show, okay? We're a real show. Just Raw and real. Yet, doesn't mean we're not number one, allegedly. Mm. Anyways, you guys, allegedly. we're having a, a real talk over here. Uh, hey, I, if you guys are joining us on podcast, uh, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, this is probably the best place to watch us. Uh, if you guys are watching us on Facebook, hey, what's going on, everybody? But uh, really, you guys, uh, uh, best place to join us is YouTube.com forward slash Marshall Gillen. Get in. Expert Sam Eaton. Um, uh, without further ado, Kyle, you know Sam, right? Yeah, I uh, I met him through you actually, uh, in a group coaching. He's the man, we're lucky to be here. Let's bring yeah. him on. Yep. Yo, what's going on, Sam? Yo, what's up, Sam? Let's go. Guys. How are we today? Dude, phenomenal over well, here. We're doing good, we're doing really good. And we're kind of, I was, I was scared to say that though, Sam, because um. I feel like maybe there are people that judge me for feeling good in a time when others are feeling so bad. Like, do you ever experience, do you ever experience the ebbs and flows of anything like that? Oh, for sure. I think definitely yeah. there's a collective fear about numbing our joy, right? Like we can't get right. too 
happy in, in general. And then, then also like the events of the world, right? There's always something you can be heartbroken about. Um, but the fallacy there is that you can't be like feel good and also grieve at the same time, right? That's a fallacy. Oh, like yeah. I can be sad about what's happening, but also not let it take my whole day down. hundred percent. Literally, see, Kyle, this is why, this is how the universe always works out. Ten seconds in. guests that know the most stuff. Mm. This is awesome. Uh, uh, Sam, uh, you're joining us. Where are you joining us from today? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I, we, were, we were speaking about that a little bit. So I, obviously we're in quarantine right now. Um, so it's not like we're just bebopping all around. But what is the sentiment in, in the Minneapolis area right now? Or, I mean, I'm assuming most of the residents are probably feeling the same way. But what is that feeling and emotion? Uh, we just, everyone I talk to has a heaviness, a collective grief, um, a helplessness, um, and just deep sorrow. Honestly, it's like, yeah, it's just our yeah. whole town's feeling it right now. It is. Mm. And, and I think that, uh, Kyle, and you jump in here if you, if you want, man. I think one of the things, you guys, that I keep seeing on social media right now with a lot of the people that I follow, um, because we're both the same. We follow a lot of the same people. And, and the, the, the theme seems to be that we're all just tired. Like, even the people who are out leading the charge of trying to make a difference, they're tired. Like, we're tired of feeling like, there's nothing we can do. We're tired of feeling like people don't believe in our movements. And, and it's not just, you know, us, it's, it's everybody. It's a collective feeling. And so, you know, Sam, you, um, but I want to first start from the beginning. You uh, have been a teacher for how long now? Uh, this is my 10th year teaching in the that's public incredible. schools. Hey, dude, that's incredible. 10 <laughs> years uh, doing a job uh, that uh, I know is incredibly hard and, and probably mostly thankless. And so, uh, I want to talk about heroes. Like we could literally hang up a sticker in our freaking window every single day forever uh, as teachers being heroes. And I think that's really one of the big things, dude, that in the education system, which I don't think is broken. I think it's functioning exactly like it was designed to function. In that regard, though, it might be a little outdated, potentially. Ooh. And so um, I know that what happens is that there's a lot of people, teachers, I have a lot of close friends who went into teaching. Um, and uh, how old am I? 36 almost. So yeah, they've probably been teaching for about 15 years now. Um, and that they have just lost their passion for it because it's like the system has snuffed it out. They just there's no there's no flexibility. You kind of do this, and so why I'm bringing all this up, Sam, is we're talking today about mental illness, mental health, and how racism is really a byproduct of an anger or a hate that's 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 focused around an internal belief that usually is a belief that was formed by something that hurt you. And so let's go back to when we know most people are getting hurt, which is our childhood. And so at, not as necessarily as it pertains to racism and, and maybe because like I was telling my audience, suicide, racism, those are, our, that's the product of something bigger that's happening that leads up to it. And so where does that, do you think, starts in the schools? I mean, as somebody who travels the, the country uh, um, speaking about mental health and who works with students in schools, where do you think this whole thing is starting or how as we as society can we, can we help nip it in the bud, so to speak, or is that even possible? Yeah, I, collectively, I can just tell you that our kids are hurting, and I hear that wow. all, all over the country, right? It's like mm. they have all these emotions, they have all this trauma, and they don't know what to do with it. Um, I don't know why that's different from it was 20 or 30 years ago. Um, I just know that these little bodies, and there's a lot of research that shows trauma over time really affects um, development, emotional development a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, 
Do you, could, do you mind sharing some of those ways with us? I'm curious. Like, how does like what are the, what are, what are they what are they seeing? Um. So when your brain is constantly in fight or flight, you cannot learn. You cannot learn. Um, you are just surviving. And the more that your brain is in that, releasing those chemicals, um, the more that it just gets used to being in that heightened wow. state. Wow. Like and a so, habit. And it can, take, it can take anyone hours to come down from that. So you have these kids who one small instance sends them into that loop um, and you can't, exactly. it's so impossible to pull them out because a lot of times they're at home and they're, they're, that's just their reality. Bro, it gives me chills, it makes me sad. And, really and they don't have, it. oh, sorry. Right. I was gonna say they don't, you don't have very many outlets when you're stuck in that also. It's like your family is the only kind of out because we're taught not to talk to strangers and it's like so you don't go run into somebody's mom and tell them your problems you you have to or you feel like you have to talk to your family about those things but you can't talk to them about it because you don't feel safe explaining what's going on well, in your head that's what i was just going to say we're not even talking about the kids who didn't go home to like empty refrigerators or absent parents or uh, addiction or whatever might be going on in the home which is a real thing because so many americans are struggling of all races and colors and that i mean all all, all americans i was just at a high school uh uh here uh, morrison illinois uh predominantly all white here in the middle of the cornfields but even i was talking to that principal we were talking about doing some speaking stuff with a good friend of mine and even he was saying it's one of the hardest things is a generational thing where the parents are uh, were taught that they were fixed. They're living off government aid and not really motivated to get a job, and they're not really into nutrition. And and like so, the teachers and the schools trying to tell the, tell the kids one thing, but they're going home and reinforced somewhere else. So mm. it's it's about these points. Now we have a, 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 um, a society of kids of the future who are being programmed not to communicate, taught that it's weak to share your emotions. And now you're they're all set into one little thing where they're taught to compete with each other. Now we see the uh, one thing that I've always been against, the biggest thing, the number one thing that I just absolutely can't stand for. It triggers me more than anything. I developed a freaking program back in high school called Blind to Fight It, bullying. And I and I and I, I Sam, the one reason I want to bring you on here is because you're a grown ass man. You have results in your life, but even you, your Instagram first off is electric. I, if you're not following Sam, you need to. Uh, I, I'm telling you guys, it's the simplicity around how he does his uh, Instagram. For me, personally, I love it. I, I love it. But, Sam, um, I want to uh, tie this into bullying within the schools. But even you as an adult now, you're, you get bullied online from people who are like, um, stop with the sadness. Nobody cares about that. You're, you're whatever. Go kill yourself. Like, you're literally on the front lines trying to stop this. And, and so – I think it's just interesting because it's not putting your knee on the back of somebody's neck, which is disgusting and despicable. I'm not here to, but I'm saying it's the same, it's the same mechanism within us that causes the bullying. So Sam, what, what's going on? How does that start? What, what's going well, on? You're completely right. It's, it's rooted in unresolved trauma. It's rooted in all these things inside you that you've never maybe dealt with or you've just numbed, right? You found some sort of addiction, something that's just covering up, all of that hurt and all of that emotion that, that you haven't processed. And I mean, suicide at its basic level is when your pain is higher than your ability to cope. Mm -hmm. And so part of the problem is not, it is the trauma, but it's also teaching people how to cope and how to overcome that. I mean, when I attempted suicide at 23, I was just in so much pain and saw no way forward. Um, 
and a root of that was all of these this bullying that I experienced as a kid, um, professors in college who told me I should just drop out, um, a girl that I loved that didn't turn out, and those words turned hateful. And so these collective words just get to be more and more until you can't handle it and you, you lash out. Um, and whatever that looks like for different people. But for me, the core of it is there's parts of your soul that aren't healed. They're not whole, they're fractured. Right. And the more that they break, um, the more it's the more gonna find hard. any way to get out. Mm. 100%, man. And I, and I love how you so beautifully, like you simplify that. Kyle, do you have something to say? I was just gonna touch base on, and, and also when you're in um, those states of being and you're giving that attention, all of us on this call know, and, and a lot of the Galen gang knows, like that's what more, that, that same energy is what you're going to notice more around you. Like the more you feel fractured and the more you feel depressed, like that's when more sadness comes into your life. So it's really tough to become aware of that and realize like, oh, like I know I'm depressed right now, but in order to get out of that, I have to fully live in and believe in a happier new state of mind. Um, or yeah. it's not going to change. I think you're right, you know, and I, I think that it's interesting because um, it really becomes kind of a victim mindset. And I don't mean that like in a bad way, but like with the depression, everybody thinks that they're inherently good. And I believe that everybody's inherently good. Like even, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer, like probably thought he was doing the best that he could do with like his, he's probably like, I'm fucking doing my best. And then he just snaps, right? But why, I mean, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but really we, we all think we're doing our best. And when, but the, you got to be careful because when you always assume that you're doing your best without accepting any responsibility or accountability for your life, that's where the victimhood be, kind of starts to come in. So this is not not about blame. We're just talking about how do things become things. But it's it's not society in the way that media reports to us, shares information with us, is not set up for us to ever get out of that cycle. It's mm -hmm. never set up for us to ever stop to actually ask the questions of where our hurt comes from because it's so it's constant bombardment against our beliefs that we all inherently think we're good. So we feel backed into a corner where we're, where we're, where we're at. Cause when I tried to commit suicide, I was like, I'm a good person. I'm a good fucking person. Why does bad stuff always keep happening to me? Why does everything, why does nothing ever work out? Well, it's easy for me to look back now because you're being an idiot, bro. You're doing it all to yourself. But at the time I was really like, I'm trying my best. And so Sam, I want to ask you, uh, you have a book, right? Uh, yeah, it's coming out in August. What's it called? Recklessly Alive. Uh, what Recklessly. my suicide attempt taught me about God and living life to the fullest. Boom. And so I know that listen, if you guys want the book, everybody's gonna you're gonna want this book because either it's gonna help you create space or it's gonna directly teach you how to create space for others. And so if you are a mental health advocate, which Gillen Gang, like let's be real, I know we all are. And for those of you who aren't part of the Gillen Gang yet. It's simple. Literally, all you have to do is just text that number, 833-222-2694. Join the gang, and we're going to figure out how to uh, you know, come together and, and have these kinds of conversations so we can start to help people heal. But Sam, um, the reason I'm asking you is because with this book coming out, I, don't, I want people to come follow you, and I want them to go get it. So I don't want you to give away all the secrets. But can you just share with us uh, at the end here, what are some things that we as, as people can do like right now, everybody's sharing on social media. Oh, like this racism and anti-racism is. And if you say, I'm not racist, you're racist. Like crazy shit. So what do you suggest 
that we can do, uh, us leaders, people watching this, listening to this, what should we do uh, from your, your point of view, from your experience, to start to be part of a solution to help people heal? So my number one thing is find a purpose in your life and wake up every mm. single day mm. and fight for that purpose. Mm. Uh, stick to that purpose, I mean, and just give it everything. I mean, four years ago, I picked suicide because it just felt calling to me. But this morning, as I was thinking through all these events, we need people to build a platform around racism, build a platform around brutality, kindness, um, all of these things. We need people to take action and stop. I mean, stop being obsessed with yourself. Sorry, it sounds sounds bad, but like when you, when you get to the end of your life, like nobody's going to care how many Netflix shows you watched. Um, so if you want to actually make a difference, get up and do something. I don't care what it is. Um, and then the funny part about all that is when you have a purpose, when you have something to wake up for every day, it helps you to fight that depression. It helps you to fight that feeling of hopelessness. And it reminds you that actually you're here for a purpose on purpose. So go help oh, someone. Bro, that's fire. How many, you, how many speaking events? What? How many have I done? Yeah. Uh, maybe 60. Oh, that's so sick. What are you going to say, Kyle? <laughs> I was well, yeah, I did have one question before he gets off. Um, I was going to say, since you're from that area, I would as assume that you have on your Facebook feed more friends from that area than most would. Um, so from your experience, noticing the events uh, firsthand in that area, are you noticing collectively a negative energy directed towards it or are more people um, taking like a higher route with it and being like trying to make it a a positive or is it just all negativity around there mm, I, I, try to be, I try to be mr positive but i don't think we're ready for positive yet okay um, i think we're still in the very early stages of grief and unfortunately minneapolis is becoming a town now that this is becoming part of our dna you think about these like towns oh. like selma or places like that who have it's in the people the events that have happened there that's that's the level we're at we're at three wow. like this in a few years and this one, you know, there's been other ones where people have said, um, you know, they kind of like, well, they've asked questions about the cop, but this one, no, I haven't heard anyone doing that. I have just heard, are, right. are you kidding? Like there, there almost is no way, at least at this point to argue that. And so their anger is the number one emotion. People are just pissed, um, about what's happening, helplessness. Um, and that's coming out in however people see fit and the violence in the posts is, they're unhinged, like we talked about. Like that grief has gotten to a point where they're not, we're not coping with it. We're just exploding. Mm. And that, yeah, and that that's the reason I was asking that is because from what I understand about um, energy and thoughts becoming things, it it almost scares me a little bit to know that the only way to, um, or not the only way, but in my opinion, the best way to attack situations like this is with positivity, is with positive thoughts. Like, how can we make this a positive um, instead of a negative? And uh, and I know that with all the negativity surrounding that, it, it will it won't happen if if there's collectively. Well, I, 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 I it starts to kind of just like this. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Because it's it, like a lot of people might hear that and like instantly be offended, which I can't say, I can't blame them. It's like, oh, how can you find positive, Kyle? Like this man just died. There's black men right. being killed everywhere. The guy that was in Georgia. Here's what I'll say. Again, we talked about this. 
you got to be careful of what you're, where you're getting your news from. We've talked about this as an underlying issue on the Gillen, on Marshall Gillen show forever. Okay, you just you choose it. However, you guys can always find a narrative to reinforce or validate whatever your belief system is. It has less to do with the circumstances and more to do with what your internal beliefs are. And you have to make the decision on if those beliefs make you feel good. If if it outrage, like I said, when we started this thing off, Sam. And that's will be the last thing before we let you go. We start this thing off. It's like, yes, I see people outrage and anger at what happened. Now, I live in the same place. I'm, I'm, it's, I can have an opportunity to experience it the same way. However, I think it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting. And when I, I have not watched the video, I won't watch it because I can't handle it. I, I won't watch it. I, I heard exactly what happened. It's disgusting. And it fucking breaks my heart. But... I am still here living my life. I'm still grateful for what I've got. I'm still, and so like, I, I just, what do you think in, in ending? What is it that you want to see? How can we respond to this? What's the one thing we, you said, oh, find a purpose, okay. But what's the, is there an action you recommend that we can take? Like, I just want to start this conversation about, hey, let's start getting this out so it's not taboo, so we can start to release it, these angers and heal them. But how do we get to a place where we, we find acceptance in our differences? I mean, for me, it's just channel that outrage into an actual action. Do something, get involved in an organization, donate, volunteer, um, have conversations with family members, um, like be brave to have those conversations with family members who are being flippant about it. Um, instead of being so afraid of offending anyone, be vulnerable enough to just say, collectively, this is not okay. And I will talk to people and I'm going to work my butt off to help us all be better because of this, right? God says, I, I mean, I believe God says, uh, I will use all things for good. And I've seen that in my life over and over. And I, I know that God, even, we probably can't see it right now, but God can use even this terrible, hateful situation for good. But don't just sit on your couch. Like you actually have to do something. Right. Yeah, I think that's beautifully sad. Hey, you guys, Sam Eaton. Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, Thank you so much, bro. Love you so much. That was Spider-Man. And run that as an ad. That, that was uh, probably the best segment we've done yet, dude. I appreciate you so much, man. We'll uh, be in touch. You guys go follow Sam Eaton over on Instagram. Follow him at, at Recklessly Alive. His book comes out in August, Recklessly Alive. You guys are going to learn and feel a bunch of amazing stuff. Sam, thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks you guys. Love you. Love you guys. Love you guys. Whoa, bro. That was fire, man. Hey, you guys, Gillen Gang, we're going to uh, jump to a 90 second commercial break. We will be back uh, here in 90 seconds. Go grab something. Uh, grab some vitamins, grab some water, uh, take a, a, a hike to the Wiz Palace if you need to. Hey, dude, we're turning into a real show. That might have been our best segment yet, man. That, that was good. Okay. That was good. Wasn't that good? That was very good. <laughs> oh, bro, I'm getting excited. I don't understand why NBC or somebody wouldn't want to pick this up. Anyways, we'll talk more about it here at the turn of the hour, you guys.
What's up, bro? What's up, brother? Just had to run to the bathroom real quick. You know what? I kind of like that little jingle. I'm I like mean, that. I, I, that's got a very good vibe to it. I mean, when we're uh, when that five minute countdown's playing and I'm getting in the zone for the show, that just seems to be Dude, that just seems I, to be it. And I don't have so any rhythm. I bro, I'm half Mexican. <laughs> I have no rhythm. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We do have a rhythm. We have rhythm when it comes to freaking interviewing amazing guest, homie. That is true. Bro, that that is true. That. Boom. Give me that pound, dude. That was dope, man. That's we did good. Thank yeah, you. That I was appreciate fun. it. Hey, uh, uh, somebody was saying, who said, somebody was loving today's topics. Who said that? Oh, Michelle said that. Mm, said, we love Michelle. I dig in this format. I like I like talking about things like this. I guess it just kind of depends on what kind of mood we're in. Right. That's what the verse about the Marshall Gillen show with Kyle Dillinger is that, like, we talk about lots of things. Like, for example, when you were just like uh, hanging out for a second and I was like looking at myself like this, I was like, wow, my hair is the real deal. And I need to shave my face. <laughs> Bro, like I'm going on somebody else's um, platform here soon, uh, later Ooh. today. I'm, going to, I'm giving a, spe like, I'm, a speech, you know? Oh, okay. um, so if you, guys, gang, if you guys are watching this right now uh, live, um, and you guys want to see me like do my thing, like you guys want to see me like, like if you've ever been like, dude, it's cool seeing Marshall on his platform, but like how does he actually get down um, go to whynotmeacademy.com and register uh, for talk I'm going to be giving today uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, Looking forward I, to that. To, listen, I'm not affiliated with that that URL, um, but I trust Milani uh, amazing because she is maybe one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Um, and so uh, to be honest, I haven't gone to whynotmeacademy.com and put my email in and entered uh, into that. So I don't know what happens on the other end. I do know that as a result of doing that, though, you will get access to me, uh, and I'm going to be teaching um, how to turn your Facebook uh, personal profile into an ATM, which is cool. actually pretty cool. I've actually heard yeah. you touch on that before, and that it that con no matter what you're doing, even like if you're yeah. an artist of any kind, hip hop artist, like you need to know the the Facebook algorithm and, and need to understand it. I'm telling you, it's frustrating right now because it's not as it used to be. I mean, not even fucking close. Yeah. However, it still works. It just takes a lot of elbow grease. But, you know, people go, how do you do that every day? And it's like, well, how do you go to work for eight hours every day? All I have to do is do this for three hours a day. You know what I'm saying? So people are so quick to judge at what they don't have, which is where, like, anger comes from. It's a root of it, right? Of not taking action on what you want. So you start to create division between you and the people that have it, and you justify why you don't have it. And then you mm -hmm. find a narrative in your life to reinforce that because you're not being validated or accepted anywhere else in life. So you have to do it for yourself. And so what you do is you go out and find it. A story. I saw a story today that was like, um, oh, what was it? Oh, uh, I had to unfriend her. Uh, she's a pretty cool chick, but I just, I, I just like second day of posts like this. And I'm just like, I can't. Um, she's a white chick. I don't know where she's from, like Holland or some shit like this. But sorry, not like shit like this. Like not, I don't have a problem with Holland. Um, and she's been cool. Like I, I've been on, a, I actually did an interview with her, I think, uh, on my show like three years ago. Um, but she was like posting all this shit. Like if you say you're not a racist then you're part of the problem, like that is the problem is that you're not aggressively like standing like, bitch, please. I'm like, no, like 
why do I have to vehemently oppose something right. to prove I'm against you can't like, you can't fight anger with anger that's exactly dude that, so that's why like I, I talk about protest I'm always like dude protests are pointless even peaceful protest because protesting in and of itself is is an aggressive move even if it's passive aggressive and so aggression is going to be met with aggression right. no matter what they have good and intentions like, but but the even the road to hell was built on good intentions so it's like yeah like this hat i again this has so much less to this for me this has almost nothing almost nothing to do with donald trump i am going to vote trump that's just me you should I vote whatever so. you want to vote i mean vote whoever you want to vote guys you know like we're not here to tell you that and guess what if you do want to vote for biden like okay like and i'll still I'll be your friend We'll be your friend. We just won't talk about the things that trigger us because our experiences together just won't be that. And that's it. Like, just because I'm going to vote for Trump doesn't make me a bad person. Like, you guys see me, you guys see Kyle, what we're giving, what we're doing every day. We're just not some people's cup of tea. But why I bring this up is because so many of us are so uh, fearful of just sharing who we actually are, whether it's political beliefs or what we believe in uh, for gun rights or. Uh, the border or racism or making money online or being an influencer or not be like what fucking ever like you know what i mean like right. what fucking ever it's it's crazy because you and i know for all intents and purposes that this lot that life is literally a video game it's literally a video game we don't know who's playing us but we know that this is not real we know that quantum we know that quantum physics proves that matter doesn't exist so all this is not real and we also know that the double slit experiment proved that uh, in order for uh, infinite possibility to become actual physical matter, it has to be observed. So the study, the double split experiment explains, it proves, it showed, uh, and you guys can go see the whole experiment if you want, but what the end, what it proved is that infinite possibility exists within this quantum realm. An infinite possibility at any given Facts. time. The only way that it can become energy that becomes physical matter is that if it's being consciously observed, aware, awareness, mm. which is what our consciousness is. So you guys have got to understand that the reality that you see and experience can be anything you want, but it first starts as an internal emotion and thought because thoughts become things. That's what it proves. That's what quantum physics proves. Listen, I'm not like some weirdo. You got Kyle, like a, a year ago, I didn't believe this stuff. I, I didn't even know about this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I started to research this stuff because I, I thought I was dying of cancer. And I realized I learned a bunch of stuff. Like I'm a blue collar guy. We talked about this. Like I need to know the proof. Like I can't help it. But once I started, literally all I had to do was just look. I didn't have to dig deep. I just had to type in like one thing. It was like on the first page. It's like this is how you, like, this is how you do it naturally, right? But people are so fearful of the truth because like, well, we haven't been taught that. You can mm. heal yourself from anything. I have to see it to believe it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're doing this show, bro, because we're, we're trying to prove to people like, yo, like you can literally create everything, anything you want, but you got to heal some shit on the inside of you. You got to heal some shit on the inside of you, bro. That, and that's right? just as simple as it gets. I mean, really, <laughs> like, how, like how we were talking about earlier, like um, this event that we were discussing is is it's not just a, an event that happened in Minneapolis. This is a direct reflection of a collective um, yeah feeling internally for the for most people and it's because we're not taught uh, about the energy field the quantum realm we're not taught about epigenetics it's if anything we're actually suppressed from the information um 
in my absolutely opinion. So because they, they because the big pharma, right? A uh, big ad, big egg. Like uh, they can't big media. They can't. None of those machines make money. The lobbyists didn't promote that for the politicians who are and everybody's lying in the pocket. The FDA, okay. Well, they've got people lying in their pocket that oppose their shit. But as long as you're giving them money, it doesn't matter. And so you've always got to be cognizant of where this is, where your information is coming from. But see, what's so crazy is that so many people are still turned off to that. This day and age, they go, who can you trust online? Well, the interesting thing is that I believe that this day and age where, where it, the, the scales have been tipped, where you can almost trust more people online than you can't. Mm. Because we're all fighting for views. We're all fighting for the top. And so nobody's really trying to be extravagant because people's bullshit meter is accurate and high. And so fake content doesn't work. And so everybody's really trying to get to the bottom of the truth. And so a lot of these people you see reporting online, uh, they may seem uh, extravagant. They may seem kind of loony. But what I've been finding, there's a lot of truth in these, these everyday reporters because they're just trying to be seen like everybody else. So it behooves them to actually tell the truth, but to get to it first and to frame it in a way that's going to draw views. Right. right or wrong. And, most, be, and, and most of them, I, I haven't researched um, very much, but I am connected with you and I trust you. So I, I let you do your thing and then I just trust and I yeah. and I personally, I also feel into information. So if it doesn't align with me, I'll go away from it. Um, but also, what I wanted to mention was, with today's technology age, they understand that if they report something false, or if they just hop on and and don't do the research and just talk about something, that they will get reamed if it's not right. accurate. So more people, like you said, are they're more accurate than not. Um, but you still do have to be careful. I will say um, about w like where the channel can like there are channels out there getting paid, in my opinion, to yeah. report oh, certain yeah. information. So, but yeah. just so yeah. be careful of that. But essentially, yeah, you can you can trust the info. Yeah, uh, unless it's big media. Yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, of course. I, yeah, listen, you guys believe what you want. I I don't believe in the media. No way. Yeah. No way. None I, I don't the watch the news at all. No. Gang. Unless I'm researching to get their side of things to see how crazy yeah. and or or see the narrative no, that they're picturing, yeah, framing. Especially in this, especially in this, uh, in this environment, because even the people that weren't as bad before, they now have to amplify up their shit to to counteract uh, like CNN's shit. And so yeah. it's like it's not left or right; it's that the whole fucking machine is broken. Now, right. whether you hate Trump or not, this is the one thing that he's trying to do. See, Donald Trump realized. You guys have got to understand that Donald Trump is, is by kind, kind of by definition, is way more Democratic than Republican. But if you guys remember in civics class, like in eighth grade, when they were teaching us way back in the day that the Republican Party and the Democratic Party at one point kind of flip-flopped, they were like, oh, it was mm. like this. And they were like, and then it kind of flip-flopped. We're really told why that happened. Now that it kind of skips over it. And so what you got to realize is that the principles of the Republican Party are actually more Democratic in nature than, than the two. This is, I, I'm not left or right, blue or red, elephant or donkey. I'm, I'm not that shit. I'm, I'm no human being. Well, if you think I'm about it, it's it's set up from the beginning like that. I mean, from our government, it's set up to yes. split us directly, yes. like right well, from okay. there. So there you go. And so and so America was founded on the principles of fighting oppression. We are, we are the 1% of the population who fled uh, success and all the stuff of Britain. We fled across a fucking ocean that we didn't even know for sure if we were going to get across. And then when we got there, we didn't even have nothing to live, no, nothing. And so America was founded on, on a bunch of people who were not willing to settle. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. inherent in our 
our blood. We are, who America is was founded on rebelling against uh, uh, structure. Okay, like that's who we are. Now you take that, but when it, it, there's an excellent book on that called um, Big Deep Marshall's from college, one of the five colleges I went to. Oh, uh, a main American mania. When too much is not enough, or something like this, something close to that. Damn, Ooh, fucking! I'm gonna give one of those propel things because <laughs> um, I can see that. But anyway, um, uh, and then uh, if you guys read another book that's called uh, "The People's History of the United States of America," it's an amazing fucking book uh, by Howard Zinn. It's incredible. It's a big book. It's a think. It's a thinking person's book, um, but it's an incredible look at, at history. And basically, what he outlines in that book, and you can find this stuff online too. Uh, how racism was born. Like it was literally created by our forefathers as a way to drive division between us. Hmm. And, um, and the history is very clear. You can go back and see that. And so literally it all, what, what it's saying is it's always been like this. The, the few in power have always been puppeteers to us as society. And so it's not anybody's fault. If you're mad at all the things going on, like it's not your fault. If you're listening to this, realizing that you're kind of waking up, it's not your fault. We've literally, as, a, as an American society, been programmed. You guys, America's not a country. We're a corporation, mm, okay? Big facts. We, we are a corporation that is foreignly owned, just so you know. That's a fact. United States of America, if you look on a – I don't have any cash on me, right? It's, uh, it says at the, at the back of it, right, a, a corporation, okay? And so uh, United States of America, uh, and so um, the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve, man. Where does it say the Federal Reserve at? Oh. On the front? On the dollar bill. On the dollar bill? I got a dollar yeah. bill. And so you guys have to understand, the FD, the Federal Reserve, okay, mm -hmm. it, it's a bank that's privately owned. It's a bank that's privately owned, okay, that, that's owned by Britain, bill, British billionaires. So all I'm saying you got to realize is that it's not the American people's fault. But that's why didn't, we have commercial didn't that's why the uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Didn't the Federal Reserve get merged um, with the well, Treasury recently, or what? How, what was that about? Uh, basically, the government took over control of it, which okay. everybody which was framed in mainstream media that Trump seizes control of Federal Reserve. Yeah, I saw that, which I didn't. Yeah, it's that like, was some bullshit yo, anyway. Yeah, you have no idea. He just fucking helped America. He just did tremendously something that nobody could ever do. Right. And, and so what Trump has always promised, again, this is not a political show, but I guess it, we're having this talk. Today um, I'm it's not a, a conversation. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, look, I don't care if you who you vote for. I'm still going to love you either way as long as you're not an asshole. Okay? Same, same. Um, I mean, the, although Joe Biden did said, if you don't know who you're voting for, then you ain't black. On a show being interviewed by a black guy, on a, on a famously uh, African-American, heavy demographically watched show. Um, but I digress. Um, the thing of it is, is, I just hate people being lied to, being bullied. Like I said, I hated Trump, hated Trump uh, in February. But when he started streaming live from the White House, and I was like, damn, this guy actually is pretty smart, sounds pretty good. He's actually demolishing these reporters in the front row, which is hilarious because they're trying their hardest. They're, if you watch them, the reporters are dickheads. Like they're fucking dickheads. Like they're saying it in a very condescending tone, right. like they're very accusatory. And, um, and so, but then they, the machine gets the clips and they frame in a way, oh, Trump uh, picks on handicapped reporter. Like, no, he was picking on a guy who was being a fucking asshole and was trolling him online. 
Now, did, is, did he do it in the right way, in the most tactful way? Probably not. Not for me. I wouldn't do those yeah. kinds of ways. But I'm not – I. Just because, I, just because I vote for him doesn't mean I agree with every single thing he does. 100%. I just personally believe that he – like I don't want a bullshit politician in there. Like we, we, we needed something different, and he was something different. He wasn't a politician that's, that's technically, and it's like – yeah. The reason I got on the thing about the corporation is because what we have to understand is that we're in America, Trump is not, when he says drain the swamp, there's a lot to that. Hmm. And so when he's talking about this, what he's talking about those, you guys, we're fighting against corporations. And what I mean by corporations are, are as corporations counting as citizens. And a lot of politicians are being paid by these, these massive corporations to, to have certain beliefs because they'll fund themselves. The thing I like about Donald Trump is he has no funders. He's a, he is a billionaire. And so... We're not going to get into this because this is more of a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory thing. Maybe I'll start a second show about conspiracy theories. I, I do love that shit. I find I love that shit. At, I was thinking um, earlier uh, last night before bed actually about what segment um, or what kind of show I would start to do. Yeah. And, and I didn't think about conspiracy theorists or anything like that. But, hey, that might be something that maybe we can call the show on to. Ooh, okay. We just jam. Hey, okay. 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 Um, what's up? <laughs> But that, what I'm saying, though, is that when Trump, if you guys go back and watch all the history of what Trump has said over the years, it's been very Democratic-like in, in the idea of it. But when you actually look at what the fuck is going on with the permanent government, I like to call them, it's all Democrats who are actually the worst people in the world. And I, Okay, well, whoa, bro. Mm. Okay, whoa. whoa. That, that's not what I meant. Those words did not come out right. Um, what, what I'm finding is that a lot of the people in the, that are the globalist belong to the Democratic Party. Ooh, that's better. Yeah, they that's much better. belong to the Democratic Party, okay? Now, not all of them, but most of these people that I found a lot of things about. Again, I'm not about Democrats. I think it's bullshit. I'm a human being. I'm an American, okay? I'm, God damn it. I'm so lucky to be an American, bro. Like, literally, you know how fucking lucky we are? That's just like, dumb luck. I mean, yeah. obviously, our soul is that, but, like, that's dumb luck. It's complete dumb luck. I'm a white. I like. I was just gonna get into that earlier. Like, dude. Oh, like you don't understand white, white, white racism. And I do want to talk about this. Um, and I think TJ will be a strong enough guest to have this conversation with us. But before I get into that, I want to acknowledge the fact that there is not a day that I realize I don't realize that I'm an American, white. Well, I'm a Hispanic, but I look white. White male, right? 1984, grown up in an age of the technology. I, I. Yes, I. Uh, my stepfather was a massively abusive, emotionally and uh, verbally abusive to me. It fucked me up. Yes, I was bullied in school, even though I was the popular kid. Like, yes, uh, all these things. I dealt with addiction and, and violence and um, extreme violence. Um, you know, uh, all these things. Suicide. Like, my life was really hard. But I do realize that it's just the facts. Like, mm -hmm. It is what it is, yeah, you know. Yeah. Gary V talks about that, and we—I know you and I both started this journey uh, because of Gary V. And it's like um, he's like, the world doesn't have to apologize. The market's not going to apologize to you. For, it just markets the market. The world right. is the like, world. Like, I love how he says like, it doesn't matter where you grew up. It doesn't matter if you had both parents. It doesn't matter if this, 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 and this. It's like nobody gives a fuck. Like, right. and he means that in the nicest way. And I understand that. It's like it doesn't. We all like you say all the time. It's different details to the same story so it's like it doesn't matter if you grew up without a father or 
you grew up in a poor area or you grew up in a rich area with both your parents and you had other struggles that most people don't experience. It's like, nobody gives a fuck. We're all doing our own thing. We're all trying to live our own life. And like we said the other day, it's like really just try to be better than you were the day before and be a good person and find a purpose and find something to help the generations coming behind us. And that's as simple as it can get. And it's, it's exactly right. And it starts with unplugging from the matrix. Unplugging 100%. from the machine. And, and to down, literally, that's why I finally decided to go all in on the Marshall Gillen show. Because I'm like, these are the conversations that need to be had. Nobody else is fucking having them. I'm going to have like anti-influence. I'm not about that. I don't want to be all the, oh, fluffy, fluffy. I don't want my fucking business. Listen, if you want to learn how to get paid to speak and tell stories, you go to topheadspeaker.com and you get it. There's nothing for me to sell you. I'm sick of that bullshit. Mm. Enough is enough. Like enough is enough. Enough is enough with all the fake news. Enough is enough with the fake influence. Enough is enough with the fake feelings and, and the fake emotions. Just, like, nah. You know why we don't fucking do a, a pre-recorded show, bro? Because you can't, you can fake and frame a recorded yeah, show. Yeah, and you can, yeah, edit and, and cut cut it and do all kinds of shit. Bro, you can't fake a live, you can't fake live conversation. Like, I'm going to stand up. You and I are going to stand up. We're going to have these conversations. I, I'm... I'm fearful. I put ads in behind these videos, dude, and my my self confidence is still fragile enough that when I open uh, the comments to my the things that are paying the ads right now, I, my armpits start to get sweaty right away. Mm. Nervous, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, because like you, you know, just mentioned dude. with Sam, he's getting he gets so much. He's trying to be a light for people, and people are trying to bring him down and and yeah. say those negative uh, those insults to pierce through him, and that's gonna happen, at, especially at the beginning for us. Yeah. Absolutely. And why I bring that up and why they showed up to Green Gang is because I'm, I'm telling you guys, like, it's so important to start these conversations. If you're listening to this or watching this, you're part of the solution. If you haven't joined the Gillen Gang yet, you should. Okay. If you haven't joined the Gillen Gang yet, you should. I want you to because I want you to be part of the solution. I want part you of this to mission, also. Save a billion lives to save a billion lives. And we're going to do it by having conversations. The reason I'm saying I'm scared is because I realize that I'm going to get blowback. Kyle's going to get blowback. Like, but, but, but. There's people that like us that that need this conversation. We need to give them an opportunity to unplug from the matrix and have an opportunity to expand their mind and have the full picture. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I just want you guys to at least know all of your options be, to make an informed choice on how to feel and how to yeah. proceed. Evelyn, uh, friend of the show, who's uh, going to be uh, her birthday tomorrow. So Evelyn's going to hey, be happy early birthday. She's going to give us some uh, stuff. We're going to break down. Um, we're going to record her. We're going to frame her. We're going to make her look good for her business. Or whatever she wants to brand, and then we're going to edit that video down. Uh, I will like uh, on the back end after the show is over. Uh, but after she, after we bring her on tomorrow, Gillen Gang, we're going to wish her happy birthday. She's going to tell us what's going on. We're going to uh, ask her some questions that makes her look good. And then when she gets off, I mean, she always looks good. We're just going to amplify her goodness. And uh, once she gets off, we're going to share with you how video and testimonials like the one we're going to do with Evelyn can you can use to propel your business. So listen, we're not just a political show. I guess we are going to have a political show. We're not just a, a donor show. We're not may or just, may not uh, be a kid show. Dude, may or may not be a kid show. <laughs> kids maybe with the consent, written consent of your uh, parents. And um, um, yeah, we're going to talk about making money tomorrow. And yeah. shout out to Evelyn. Evelyn. That video that, that she posted, oh, very inspirational. Bro. She's fucking killing it. Evelyn, that made me want to throw up, okay? <laughs> He was doing like uh, he was doing these like uh, modified um, deadlift thrusters 
um, which were gnarly. And then she did, she jumped down into burpees where she with the push and, and some dancing. She was Listen, talk about rhythm. Bitch ass burpees that you guys are doing. Okay. Well, you just sit down and just, you just get down and hop up, skipping the push up portion of it. Listen, I'm including myself. Mm -hmm. you know I'm, I'm I guilty. Know, I, I know. Okay. Not Evelyn, not fucking Evelyn. Not, that's not how she gets down. Mm, our friends are so cool. Our friends are literally the coolest. The coolest. Literally the coolest. Um, okay, you guys, uh, we're going to take a quick two-minute break. Uh, I want to bring Kyle back on. We're going to have be joined by a guest here very, very shortly. And uh, we're going to learn some more things about white racism. Like, is that really a thing? Do, do, do a couple of white guys even deserve to have this conversation? Are we mm. racist for having this conversation? I don't know. We're going to get to the bottom of that uh, conversation that we're about to have. Um, listen, we're not here to be right or wrong. You guys, the Gillen Gang uh, is here to uh, start these conversations, that's the things that aren't taboo, okay? Um, we're down for all perspectives. Yeah, if you want uh, to call into the show and be part of the conversation, let us know. Uh, leave a comment below. Uh, we'll bring you on. Like, listen, this is an ongoing show. You, you don't have to worry about missing episodes. We're live every day. This is a live streaming conversation for you by us. Uh-oh. No. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, if that is trademarked, my bad. Uh, not did not. Maybe that was programmed. Um, weird timing. You know what else is weird? Fucking timing was the police video that I showed yesterday. Me and a cop fucking um, thing hopping out of a cop car, fucking pointing a fake gun, like yo, wow. fucking Yeah. What the fuck? So this is what I was talking about. This is a total mistake to have four white guys on today to talk about racism. But why should I be blamed for that? I didn't do that on purpose. So why should I even have to give it an afterthought? Because you know people are going to look at it and go, well, that's white privilege in and of itself, which is yeah. fucking bullshit. It's, it's, I'm not trying. And they go, well, that's why you, the fact that you can't see it, Marshall, is the problem. But and is that's, it really? that's them judging your entire being off of right. one right. second that's or one clip. creating a narrative in their head to reinforce and validate their belief, which is, oh, that white guy's privileged and entitled. Fuck you. No, I'm not. I'm in my mom's right. bedroom. You I don't know me. You, I'm, I'm the farthest thing American. from that. 100%. In my opinion. You don't opinion. know what I'm saying that's but then again, that makes me that 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 now that's ego, and now I'm rooting into resistance myself mm. by going, "What the fuck? Fuck you! Don't judge me!" And boom, that's how hate is born. Okay, mm. so nobody is this. This is a problem of all races and kinds. You know what this is a fucking problem of being a human being. This is called the devil. Okay, that's what it's called in religious texts. If you want to call it that, it's just energy. Okay, mm -hmm. yes, there's dark forces, dark spirits, but it's just energy. Okay, and so when you guys are perpetually surrounding yourself with energy that creates that, like that shit's what's going to happen. Now a lot of you might be going, dude. Marshall, like, okay, like, I, I, I'm kind of starting to get it, but I don't know, I don't know when I should get started, or how to get started. Well, watch this next video on commercial break. It's going to tell you how to get started. We'll be back to you in two minutes, you guys. I love you guys. And uh, Kyle, take some vitamins. Go do something, man. Uh, we're uh, solving problems here in the Marshall. I'm taking a vitamin break. Cool. Love man. you guys. Love you guys. Called the 4070 rule, right? The 4070 rule. So what Colin Paul says is, as a general, you know, when we're talking about war and trying to beat your enemies, you know, the element of surprise is huge. If you can sneak up and attack them and surprise them, you know, it's going to be very, very effective. So Colin Paul says, you want to live in the 4070 realm. And basically what he's saying is that if you do anything before you have at least 40% of the knowledge, you're probably going to fail, right? If you go attack your enemies and you only have 40% of where they're at and their battle plans and where they're laid out, you're probably going to lose, right? And if you wait to acquire more, more than 70% of the information, well, they're probably going to sneak in. 
at nighttime and be the one that beats you, right? So we want to live in that 40 to 70 rule where, you know, we know at least 40% of the stuff, but we're not waiting to learn 100% because you guys got to get up and go. You've got to attack. If you don't get up and attack between that 40 and 70, the other person's going to come attack you and you're going to live uh we are live it is may 28 it is a Thursday. uh i'm getting back in the south today bro no mm. i'm not going to be doing any stuff with anybody unfortunately i still haven't found anybody that wants to do any stuff with me or that yeah. i want to do any stuff with. that's probably that's well, probably more I, I, I lied i i have but um i'm just not at that space right now i'm still uh wait, wait you have done a lot stuff? of healing you no i mean I, I have i have i have offers right. i have offers Who's but Okay, Dylan Gang, let's decide. Who do you think is going to end up doing stuff first, me or Kyle? I think Kyle's going to end up doing stuff before me. No, I'm, I'm voting you, bro, because oh, I'm, yeah. still, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still yeah. feeling some, yeah. some traumas and stuff from the from dating and in the past and stuff. So I know that my reflections aren't going to come um, when I don't yeah. know. But my my know in my opinion, I don't think it's going to be very soon. But I know you young cats. Yeah, all your, all your testosterone built up. It's like it's funny you mentioned like that because I I actually was thinking recently that um that I never I never uh, lived into what I did earlier but I think I'm at the point now where it's my time to have some fun and, and stop putting the pressure on it because I've been I I have been, it's been programmed in me and we talked a little bit about it yesterday um uh, just about that you like that you need somebody you need a significant other to live life you need and it's like no I don't need like I'm gonna get fully independent. And then I'm going to find a fully independent female, not find her. She's going to come into my life and we're going to be fully independent separately. Yeah. And because everything for me up until this point has been like 50, 50 split or like, we, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But it's like, no, that's not, that's not the kind of relationship that I feel like will thrives. And I've, yeah. so that's just where I'm at. Sure. So that's why I'm voting but, you. <laughs> listen, hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. Um, I agree. And I'm with you there too. And and we are in a unique situation. You at 27, me at 35. Um, Just turned 28. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. That's right. My bad. Um, you at 28, me at 35. We're at a unique position where we have the ability to now reset and attract that into our lives. Okay. Quickly a lot too. Of our, all right. A lot of our viewers, uh, a lot of our viewers uh, and a lot of our listeners, um, they are going, they have went through or have experienced or are going through a time in their life where they are with somebody that they love. Maybe they have kids with, maybe they're married. Um, but they, with the explosion of social media and digital business and learning, uh, being accessible and information being so accessible, 
a lot of people, especially men, uh, we're finding um, uh, the fact that we can build businesses easier than ever before with a lot of hard work and focus. And so what I've been finding is happening with a lot of my clients is that uh, they're finding these businesses, uh, they're doing uh, speaking, coaching, maybe they're doing real estate, right? And they're, they're ready to launch this business. And truly as men, we want, we're doing it for our families, but a lot of times we get lost. We get lost. So we get so focused as a man, but maybe we're hiding from a hurt or a pain and we're like, Oh, well, I can't deal with that shit. So we take all that energy and we put it into our business. But oftentimes right. what falls by the wayside is our relationships, is our marriages, uh, is our time with our kids. And so I know that a lot of the things that, uh, you know, these angers and, and hostilities, they can come from the fact that we're not even learning how to connect with the people that we love most and that we're doing it for. And so in that regard, I wanted to bring on, dude, not only uh, a freaking expert in the real estate space, uh, but an amazing father, an amazing husband, and just a reminder of how freaking truly blessed I am at the people I attract into my life. Uh, a real good friend, brother of mine. Uh, let's give a round of applause. Friend of the show, you guys, TJ Grameen. TJ, what's up, bro? Hey, 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 nice to meet you, bro. What's up? What's going on, guys? How are you? We're just having conversations this morning, man, about all kinds of stuff. And, yeah. Um, how are you been, bro? Dude, I am blessed. I am. I've been great. Things are fantastic. Uh, family is is healthy. I'm healthy. Everyone's good to go, man. So yeah, things are, things are great. Blessing to see your face, bro. This is my friend Kyle. Kyle says TJ. You guys have a nice to meet you, Kyle. Yeah, I know we had a short conversation. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Likewise, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're all we're all our kind of people. And by that, I don't mean a bunch of white guys. I mean like cool ass. <laughs> uh, we were having sure. a conversation about what's going on in Minnesota. Uh, some heartbreaking stuff and uh, sure. having, a, having a conversation sort of about what kind of triggers people to act out, whether it's racism, sexism, whether it's anything, you know, human beings are, are that hurt people are hurt themselves. And so we kind of want to ask you some questions about that. But before we do, uh, we're leading off this hour talking about um, building a business as a yeah. being in a relationship. Now, Kyle and I are in a very unique situation where uh, we are single and we're, we're going to be able to go out and find uh, the, the women to adapt to us. Now you have been uh, with your wife, have been building a successful real estate business, now moving into more consulting. You guys are at a point where you're exploding, which is a, such a blessing. I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, your family's expanding. How are men like you able to not only find such joy and, and love in yourself, but also be able to put so much energy into building a successful business while equally balancing being a husband and a father? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So my wife and I just celebrated seven years um, on Sunday. So oh, yeah. Man. yeah thank you. It's um, here's the deal, man, is we, we have a big backstory, which we obviously we don't have time to even go into. It's um, but I, I end up marrying my best friend. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And what's what's cool about it all is is she is incredibly supportive of my endeavors um, and, and I'm incredibly uh, supportive of all her endeavors. You know, she she wanted to go to University of Michigan to the top school in the country for what she was going to school for. Um, I dropped what I was doing to go and support all of that. Um, and I think it was a it was a good mix of, you know, I was incredibly selfish as a single man um, growing up and finding that relationship mix of um, someone that supports um, supports me through everything I'm going through through, but also doesn't depend on me to also do her own thing. Right. Um, so we were equally supportive of one another all while driving each other to be successful uh, individually. Um, I think that helped grow us together as uh, as a couple. Um, and 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 we're all the better. For, and let's let's not let's not you know joke ourselves here. You know, it, there, it's not always easy. Um, 
I'm not the easiest person to be with. So, um, you know, I'm, I've, as soon as I finish one goal, it's onto the next one. So we were able to just sit there to take, uh, you know, take the mix of, she's a school social worker. So I kind of have like a live in therapist, which is nice. Um, uh, you know, take, take that side of things. Um, and then take kind of the entrepreneurial, um, you know, uh, go and pound the pavement type like myself, um, put it all together and somehow we made it all work. Um, oh, and we're, we're going strong with it. So that's amazing. First off, I just want to take a pause from what we're talking about to say great look today. You look like Raphael Nadal. <laughs> yeah, bro. So, it. so my, uh, my, my hair is aggressive Dude. and my wife said, why don't you go, why don't you go with like a long hair look? And when I do it, my hair grows up like Marge Simpson. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's bad, bro. It's bad, bro. But um, uh, so she said, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, so my, <laughs> it's bad. So she said, like, hey, throw a headband on, and I'm like, all right. And then, um, you know, my uncle, we have these like uh, family Zoom calls. Oh. My uncle's like, you look like Ralphie and Nadal, and I'm like, yeah, you do. That's, yeah, that's not that's not a bad. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, so. Like now, I know that your real estate ventures are trying to get your pockets like Ralphie and Nadal, and I know that you've been working hard on that and you've been having some success, but. I want to go back to the um, to the relationship and the marriage real quick, TJ, because I know that uh, a lot of the viewers and listeners are uh, men like you and I and Kyle, which means that we're all have a, one goal to the next, to the next, to the next. Sure. However, not many of us um, have been able to find that gear or that mentality where we've been able to unplug and go, hey, you know what? If you want to go to school here, I can support that and work around that. So. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that maybe you can suggest from your experience that men like us can adapt within their marriage or their relationship so they can start to become more of a man who that's, that, that really truly is there, like is creating more space for the woman? Like how do we get to a point where the man wants to communicate in a way that allows him to become part of the conversation that's just to less tension? Dude, great, great question. I wish I, I wish I had a, a, a significant answer for you, something with with strong substance. But um, ultimately, uh, you know, I feel like you should be and can be unapologetically selfish. Um, and I think that there's there's a value to that of of digging deep, knowing who you are, knowing what you want, and going from all of that. Um, but then there's a part of of you internally that you have to get over the social norms of mm. of sort of feeling vulnerable as a man. Mm. Um, you know, I, I cry. Um, I openly cry. Um, you know, there's things in your life that have formed you to this point. And, and, and I think for better, or for worse, you take them and you make them what it is. Um, but what, what I, what I would suggest is, is letting yourself be vulnerable, right. um, unapologetically, just as you were being selfish, you know, unapologetically being vulnerable to, to your partner, um, and watching the growth that comes from that just organically. Um, right allowing yourself to, to feel, um, you know, to feel pain, to feel sorrow, to feel sadness, you know, to feel all these emotions, they're raw, they're genuine, like feel them. Um, and then have that right person. I mean, you, you'll know if it's the right person when you can open up and you can do all that stuff. Um, and not feel shamed by it, not feel hurt by it, not feel like it's the wrong decision. And again, my, my wife, um, we have a long history that would be a whole different segment to talk about, but, um, <laughs> she she got me and i married my best friend so That's she amazing. she let me be vulnerable um there's still things i struggle with you know still things of trying to um uh, trying to dig deep within myself to feel comfortable and confident to talk to her about even though i know that she would never judge me about it 
and she would be supportive of it, it's tough to have those conversations. Right. Um, and so just, just taking that stuff of feeling vulnerable, being vulnerable and allowing yourself to, uh, you know, to, to, to grow. Um, and I think that that coincides with the business side as well. Um, just trying to, trying to grow, um, trying to stay positive, trying to stay, you know, true to yourself all while growing your, your, your influence, um, is, is huge. And I, I would like right. to ask you, do you think, uh, cause coming from me, I've had multiple, um, relationships that aren't, that don't sound anything like what you're describing. And, uh, sure. and for me personally, I noticed it came from lack of boundaries. So what I mean by that is like when I would start dating and then they, um, the female that at the time that I would be dating would want my time. So I would give up my me time. I would give up doing my hobbies that I love. Um, and that, which was my fault, but right from the beginning, I was setting the precedence that, oh, okay, you don't want me to go do something, then I won't go do it. But from the sounds of it, it sounds like, um, like in your relationship, you would, you would be able to have that boundary stick up for yourself and say like, no, like I need my time to go play basketball. I need my time to go do this. And that, and that in itself is, is what, um, like a great foundation for a relationship would start with. Yeah. And, and something my wife tells me all the time is she's like, I'm never going to tell you no. Um, if you want to go and do it, like you are your own person, go and do it. Right. But uh, understand how that impacts us as a, as a, as a couple and us, as, you know, in a whole as a family. Right. And if you can dig deep into that and know that that, you know, uh, truly you understand the impact that that, that, that brings, um, I'm not going to tell you, no, that's your decision to make. And, um, I think, you know, thinking about those things and knowing that, you know, when I go in, um, you know, I, I coach youth soccer. So when I go and take my hour and a half every two day or two days a week and then travel three hours to go and, and coach these teams for an hour and a half and then, you know, um, that's time I'm, I'm missing with my family. Right. She's not going to mm -hmm. tell me no, but she she's like, you know, there's an impact to all of that. So so it's sort of that that kind of cost analysis thing with business. Right. Is it worth my time to do? And am I going to truly is it truly going to benefit us? Um, and not just benefit us, but benefit myself. Like, am I going to be a better person from this? Am I going to grow from this? Am I going to learn from this? If so, then I'm going to go and do it. And, and right. equally, I'm going to support her with all of that as well. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of hit the jackpot. I'm going to be honest, Kyle. Like it's, uh, it's, it's not, uh, <laughs> I'm a lucky dude, man. I'm a lucky dude, man. <laughs> First off, like Dylan gang, are you seeing what the frick is going on right here? I'm amazed. This might be the best show on the internet. Allegedly. Allegedly. Number one show on the internet, <laughs> uh, uh, talk show when it comes to making you a better human being. You guys, we're here with TJ Kremins. Uh, absolutely uh, incredible conversation. My amazing co-host, dude, great questions. Kevin uh, talks about what it takes to find more success, happiness, and marriage. But a lot of these things carry over into everything. Like you hear the quote, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so you talk about approaching your marriage uh, that way, approaching yourself and working on yourself that way. Now let's shift gears for some of the people who like, okay, TJ, well, Marshall said that you're a real estate investor. So how does those, those same kind of philosophies uh, apply to business or like how you approach your business? And then let, let's just kind of cut to like, um, uh, what, what is the result? What, you've been doing this for a while. And what is the result of approaching business like that for you in your real estate business? How's that going? Yeah, man. So I think I think it's it's you know I started in corporate America um, and in sales, and my family has had a history of sales, um, owning companies, and I've worked within uh, those companies, branched out, and done my own thing. Um, 
But, uh, you know, success for me um, and success for you, Marshall, or you, Kyle, is is going to be completely um, uh, potentially and, and very likely different um, in each one of our eyes, right? Um, I know we have a mutual friend, Denise, who, who she's not driven by money. Um, that's not her motivator, right? right. Um, I you know, and, and, and so there's people that are, it's all money. It's all, it's all sales goals and, and monetary goals. Um, so what we, you know, I take my relationship, I take kind of all the things we learn of being able to do, do me, um, do what I want to do, be passionate about all of that, put it into the business and, and, and really focus on, on those core values that we have, right? Those core values. Uh, I think if you were being true and honest with yourself, the core values you have as, as a human, as, as you, as a human being very closely, if not exactly correlate into the core values of your business, right? Yeah, and if those core values you have in those business are are true to, and you're true to yourself, um, and those are what you base all of your decisions on, I, I you're 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 destined for success. Um, you know, and 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 you have to set those up for all of that. For for instance, um, you know, I'm a I'm a real estate investor. Recently, got into syndication um, and growing commercial real estate and and using other people's money for all of that. Gangster. And in the process of that, I was down to about. I don't know, four days before close. And I was, I was short about 150 grand. Um, and if I didn't raise the 150 grand, I was actually going to lose about a hundred grand. Wow. Um, and so in the process of all of that, uh, I had a guy come up to me he said, Hey, I'm going to give you the money. Um, here's the money, like on we go. But our, our, he, he didn't meet our core values in the slightest bit. And, and I, I had to sit there and think, you know, am I going to ruin my name or, or, uh, put my reputation on the line for the, the money aspect of it all? Um, and, and, and for a strong time, uh, I said, yes. And then, you know, I dug deep and we looked at our, our core values and what that looked like. And, and I had to turn it away, um, for whatever reason. And very likely because we stuck to our core values, I believe that, um, that's how we finalized the deal. We had the right people follow up in the next 48 hours. We came to the closing table with all the money we needed and then some, and, uh, and, and we're successful with it all. So. Um, wow. I, I just stick into those core values, stick into yourself, being true to yourself too. And, and I think that that goes back to even, even a deeper level of saying like, like call yourself out, call your shit out, um, have your goals set and say like, listen, I'm being a jackass here. Like I'm not, I'm not doing the right things. Um, you know, I'm spending too much time, uh, you know, uh, outside of my business, focus on things that don't matter. Um, and if you can do all that, I, 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 I think, you know, having those goals in line, and truly holding yourself accountable to them. Um, and, and let's just be real. I'm a human. I make mistakes. I don't hit all my goals. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I'm probably, I probably won't hit half of my goals this year. I don't know if they're just too un unobtainable right. or if it was just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got set my ways and I'm comfortable in my ways either, or, um, you know, at the end of the year, I won't be happy with my success and I'll, I'll, it'll drive me to be successful at the end. So. Yeah. And you gotta find someone that fuels you. Wow. For sure, bro. We have going on here with TJ Kameens, would, uh, uh, investor here. Go ahead. Would you say that uh, you you said you ended up getting the money and finalizing the deal? Would you say that that came from um, just showing up in the past and building your network um, and and knowing that at some point um, you're you're going to need connections like that? And is that kind of how that um, was brought into your life, bro? Uh, spot on. Um, I looking inside my office right now. I'm sitting out straight outside my office. I made, I think it was like 679 phone calls and close to 400 some emails um, and, and trolled the internet for private money investors for close to 60 days. 
um, and built up a network. Um, so the answer is yes. And I know that because I'm on my next deal that I'm syndicating right now. And I have 200 plus um, uh, private money investors um, that are interested in going in further deals with me. So all of that hard work, that network that was grown um, has just perpetuated the success moving forward to the point where like my wife and I now are sitting there talking about, you know, what's our what's our next thing? Because we know we've built something that is is sustainable. Um, we're creating both uh, passive income along with active income uh, on the same deal. And uh, we've created sort of this template with the right team, with the right network that has, has driven us to be uh, where we're at right now and gives us the time that we want as a family as well. Bro, well, I tell mm. you, Kyle, see, yeah, you're hitching your, your wagon to the right train, bro. <laughs> yeah, Marshall, real, Marshall, real quick, if I could, um, yeah, please, you know, I, I, I talked to you the, um, I don't know, probably like four or five months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of this had started from a conversation that we had um, probably a year, year and a half ago, um, where you basically just like called me out on my shit. Um, <laughs> and we were, we were chatting about that for a little bit and um, how... Um, like you basically said like, Hey, I see it. It's there. You can make it all happen. Um, but you're, you're a lot of talk right now and, and, and not enough action. Um, and it hit me and I was like, dude, you're, you're right. Um, and I think what probably five, six months ago, I called you and I, I was a little teary eyed and I uh, oh, said, dude, it happened. You know, it happened. It was, it was awesome. So we went from, you know, having a goal of, of like eight units to all in one deal buying uh, close to 50, uh, 48 units that we syndicated on, um, syndicated oh, wow. the deal on. And it, it came just from, uh, you know, from the right people, the right network, and uh, a lot of the motivation that we had in previous calls for the past year and a half. So yeah, stepping up, taking action, which is like what, what we're always talking about. It's right. become that junkie that even, even if you get to a point where you invest, but then you never take action. And so, I mean, Thank you for that praise, man. I mean, that yeah. I just, that's amazing. But um, dude, I mean, it's been incredible. You have an incredible story, okay, uh, that I want you to share. You don't have to share the names or the number, but I want you just to share with me the, the, the lunch that you had with the famous baseball player that you didn't realize was a famous baseball player until you got there because this was kind of a big deal. So kind of share with me. <sighs> I want the audience to hear it because it's a funny-ass story, but it had a big implication. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's actually kind of changed too. Cause, um, yeah, I'll explain it, but, uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, as Kyle, you know, like a lot of building the network and a lot of building private money, uh, or sorry, a lot of in your network is, is building these private money investors, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of your success comes from the private money. Unless you're independently wealthy, you're looking for other people's money to invest into deals. And, um, I had this agent who's just kick-ass, but every time we put an offer in, we'd keep getting beat. And I said, like, we're sticking to our standards. Like this doesn't meet our criteria and I'm not searching for it. Right. Um, so she kept saying like, Hey, I don't feel like I'm, I'm being successful. Uh, what can I do? And I said, private money, if you know anybody with money and, uh, ultimately I ended up getting a meeting with, um, uh, this, this couple had no idea who I was meeting, show up to the meeting and, um, it's a a professional baseball player and his wife. And I'm like, they're like, Oh yeah, you're going to sit right here. And I'm like, like I know you, like I know who you are, and that's like, what the hell am I doing here? And uh, it actually turned into a quite the quite the interesting relationship. Um, I mean, it was weird because I was I was watching this guy play baseball, you know, yeah. on TV for years, right? And uh, but then it turned into like a, it turned into a friendship. I mean, like we were calling each other, he was calling me for stuff, we were going back and forth. Um, and then 
honestly, if I'm, I don't know. It, it fell off. Uh, we lost touch. Um, he just kind of stopped reaching out. But the conversations I had with him um, drove us to where we are right now. Like we didn't end up forming anything. We didn't end up be you know bringing uh, bringing it all together. Um, but the conversations I had, the conversations drove us to to learn kind of what we we're truly inspired to do, which brings us to today. Um, but yeah, it was it was weird. So like, well, it it was awesome. That that is an incredible story. And here's the thing: is that I, you may not have saw the show yesterday. Uh, we were talking about the or the podcast, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, where Kevin Hart was on, and Kevin Hart was talking about this very thing, right? And right. we're talking about he's at he's like I'm at a I'm at a party and uh, I see Jeff Bezos and he's like my buddy goes you can't go talk to him he goes no fuck that I'm gonna go talk to him because right. I I want him to see my face I want him to see my face not to want to but because I want him the next time he sees me to make a conversation same thing here bro it's like taking action has allowed you to be able to you know has allowed you to be able to uh, make that and who knows when it'll come back. But it's like you've seen your face. And now next time it's like that no like and trust factor for when the deal is set up and it's like the right one, you know? Right. No, and that's that, that's exactly it, man. It it turned into, you know, we thought it was gonna be something huge, put together a whole game plan, a business plan, never came to fruition, but it led us to right where we wanted to be. So that's amazing. Um that that's Sorry, I had to go I had to go inside. It started raining outside and oh, uh, um but I, I heard you yesterday with Denise. She was kind of cutting out. I was like, "It's a live show. That's what makes it cool." So yeah. I thought, "Why, why the hell not like, show, bring the camera and just like <laughs> tool it around?" So, Bro, if you didn't see me earlier in the episode, I, I didn't have my I didn't have my plug, so I had to creep over in the corner. My face got real dark. <laughs> right. My trash stash, and I looked like I looked like I was up to no good. So I seeing <laughs> a live video. Hey, TJ, man, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, we, we didn't uh, go anywhere with the conversation I wanted to, but it usually goes exactly where it's supposed to. So I really appreciate that. TJ, if people want to learn more from you, follow you or have a uh, contact with you, what can they do? Dude, just reach out on Facebook, TJ Kareens. Uh, you can just, uh, reach out. You know, we have a, a passion for helping people out in real estate, um, specifically in commercial real estate and getting going there. So, um, yeah, reach out on there. Um, you know, it's on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, uh, would be awesome too. Perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, a phone call away. I give out my my uh, my personal cell phone. So if anyone needs help, they can they can contact me directly. Um, and I'd love to love to help them and work with them and go from there. Boom! There you go, guys. Hey, check it out. If you guys want, I could probably twist TJ's arm enough to get him to maybe do something kind of a, a private little Zoom call for those of you who might be interested. You guys know that Kyle and his dad are in the real estate investing business as well. Um, I'm the only dummy on this call who's still dragging his feet. Uh, on the whole thing. Uh, so I would uh, actively be engaged in uh, something cool like that. So Gillen Gang, if that's something you're interested in, I might be able to finagle these two on a private call within that community sure. to share some stuff. All right. So uh, if you guys want to learn more about real estate, let me know. Uh, text 833-222-2694. TJ, thank you so much for hopping on, bro. It's uh, such a pleasure. Cheers, guys. See you, man. Cheers, man. Yeah. See you later, brother. Bro, this is a potentially, not even a legend, but potentially the number yeah. on the internet. It just, it just, it just went up a little bit. It's no more allegedly. It's like, it's like, it's like number five. I mean, yeah, I've been doing it, but like what, when I decided last on Friday, May 22nd, when I decided that we were going to become a show, it just gotten better and better. Cool. Good show. Bro, I'm pumped. I'm getting, I'm getting okay. excited. <laughs> Listen, we're going to, um, I don't really want to be a segment show. 
But uh, at the very end here, uh, we are going to wrap it up. No, no, nope, it doesn't even feel natural. <laughs> nope, 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 never mind. Never mind, Darren. Hey, check it out, guys. Uh, we're going to take our last break of, of the show, you guys. We're going to go to commercial break real quick. Go grab the last thing you have. We're going to wrap it up the last 15 minutes uh, with some electric content. You're not going to want to miss out. I want to talk about this white racism thing. I want to talk about if it's a thing. It's a hot button topic. You might end up hating me after this. I don't know. I'm just having a conversation. I don't know. I'm just having a conversation, you know? Same. Well, same, same. Yeah, same, same. 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 All right, Dylan Gang. Uh, we're going to take a two-minute break. Uh, this has been the Marshall Gillen Show. If you guys aren't watching us at youtube.com forward slash Marshall Gillen, you should be. That's where the business is going down. In the meantime, enjoy this from the Grand Canyon. All right. So I'm up here on the edge. Check this out. And I started thinking. I started thinking about how scared I am of heights and the fear that I had inside of me. And it made me stop. It made me it made me want to not even walk towards the edge anymore. And I was frozen. Even though I wanted to see how glorious this was, I couldn't take another step because I had a fear of heights. How many of you have that same fear when it comes to your brand or your business? Huh? You ever get that feeling where you like you know what you want and you see the path right in front of you, but you're just too scared to take the step? I'll tell you what, it might not be quite the same as starting a business or brand, but I'm sure glad I stepped to the ledge of this here, got a chance to see something, something so grand and glorious. The result of taking that step and overcoming the fear. Totally worth it, but you'll never know. You'll never know unless you take that last step to the edge. What's going to be, guys? 2017. Are you going to take that step? Are you going to break through that fear? Are you going to do something grand? Yo, what is going on, Gillen Gang? We are back for the last 10 minutes of our show. Hey, man, this has been uh, maybe the best episode we've ever done. I Literally, <laughs> as I was walking in the door, I said to myself, this is the best one so far. Dude, 100%. Um, what a what a blessing to be able to have a platform like this, man. I mean, um, it's it's such a blessing to be able to share it with you. I have been stressing over starting the Marshall Gillen Show for so long, bro, um, for so long. Uh, because I just, I, 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 I guess I tell myself a story. Oh, you only have one shot. Oh, you only have one mm. shot to launch it. You know what though? In that one shot to launch, I've launched it like eight times. I just never <laughs> did it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like, you know what I mean? And then yeah. like, one day I just did it. I, uh, I'm sorry for the terrible audio guys. Uh, uh, it was so quiet, but if you guys saw that commercial break, uh, it was 2017. It was the very first time that I decided to take uh, a trip and use that trip as content creation for sales. Now, this is what I mean. Wow. 
I always wanted to be, um, I, I wanted to be a content creator. I wanted to make video. I wanted to make money from my phone by recording the things I was doing. That's what I said a long time ago. And I found a guy by the name of Ty Lopez, not uh, on purpose, totally by accident, but now I know on purpose, but not my doing, right? <laughs> and love him or hate him, um, what I realized that Ty Lopez was doing was he was just living his ideal life and he was documenting it from every angle. And what he was doing is just creating this massive platform, at which point he went out and find people who were crushing it and said, hey, yo, bro, I will put you on my platform. We will make a course together and we'll do sell it to my audience. What do you say? And he mm -hmm. was putting people on. And I just thought that was so cool. I was like, how cool would it be if I could just film my life like in a way that like shares my story? Like I don't have to do shit. I just live my life. Now it's not for everybody. Not everybody's gonna feel comfortable walking around with a camera sometimes. And dude, like I mean, bro, it's like it's like less than one percent of my time overall. You know what I mean? Like I'm just enjoying my life. And as a trade-off for enjoying my life, all I have to do is take like two minutes out of my time. Oh, bro, but I want to be present. Fuck that. Most of you guys don't even know how to be present even, even without your phone. So don't give me that bull. Like you can take your phone out now and you can just start share, like, recording a video and then go back and edit it later. Wow. Maybe you're more comfortable on live video and you can just go live like I do. Like ever. All I'm saying is I went to that, that, that video. I was at the Grand Canyon. And bro, I was so scared to step, step to the edge. I was scared, bro. Like first off, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Uh, long time ago. I don't even remember it. Okay. Well, we're going there then. We're taking a trip on our RV, like one hundred percent. We got to go. go down the. We got to go down the Grand Canyon on the mules, like um, you're supposed to. I've never tried right. that. We got to do that. Yes. Anyway, uh, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, um, then you will see when you go there. I don't know how at least sixty-five thousand people a day don't die at the Grand Canyon because, like, the edge is just right there. It's very sharp and it's just a drop off. And people of all ages and races are just running around taking pictures and selfies, little kids screaming. Everybody's just fucking seemingly oblivious to the fact that there's a goddamn cliff right there that you can fall to your death at. Okay. Kyle, it's absolutely astounding. I literally I don't know how people don't die there every day, but but people don't <laughs> die every day. And um, so I'm at the Grand Canyon and my uh, at the time girlfriend. My mom told me if you don't have anything nice to say, then fucking tell the person. But I'm trying to take that habit. I'm trying to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That. So, anyways, um, I'm at, I'm at this place. Just because, like, dude, oh, it was the first time I tried to do this. Um, I was trying to real talk. This is real talk. I was trying to break up with her because we shouldn't have been together. And I was at a breaking point. And so, what drove me was my pain. I had been wanting to take action on doing this, but she never wanted to. She couldn't because she worked at a bar. Not that that's good or bad, but I was like constantly like waiting, waiting, waiting. Like, okay, well, I can afford to go on my own and go experience the world. You were unwilling to even try. So how much longer should I have to stand here and wait and put my dreams on hold because you are unwilling to break the pattern? This was like three years ago, bro. But yeah, three years ago, three years ago. And I'd already been ready for that. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's and like, so you, you, so you were basically self-sabotaging yourself and not, not, yeah, like not stepping yeah. out. It wasn't her fault. It was my fault. I mm. could have chose to leave, but I didn't. But, but like you mentioned before, you, you thought it was your responsibility to help this her. person. 
hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. So, but but that was self sabotage because I really was the person that needed help. But I, right. I validate me never having the things that I wanted by going, oh, I'm the victim. Like I would, mm. he holds me back. Oh, I'm doing right. this for us. And then you got in the habit of thinking like that, so it stayed. Yeah, no free. motherfucker. You're mm-hmm. avoiding the fact that you're too chicken shit to take action on your dream. I know it's scary, bro. I, I don't know how it's going to work. Mm. But you know you want to do it, so you should go. And so that's what I did. I, um, my best friend was moving from Sterling, Illinois to Denver, and she needed help. And so I was like, this is perfect. I'm out. We are done. And I used that as a way for me to get out of the apartment and like for her to go do her thing. And so I fly back to Illinois. I help my friend pack up the U-Haul. She drives her car and the dog and her car packed full shit. I drive the U-Haul from Stuart, from Illinois. We head out to Denver. I'm filming the whole thing. I've been building up. I, this is before I even knew about storytelling, bro, or before I was like a public speaker, 2017. Mm-hmm. I just was like, um, I just was like, dude, I, I'm good at talking on video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to sell this shit. And so I was selling a, I was a digital, I took Ty Lopez's digital marketing course. But what I realized is that he didn't teach anything about Facebook ads. He was teaching people how to um, be social media managers for businesses and get paid, but he wasn't telling them how to do ads. And I was like, that's a massive solution. And so I created a Facebook ads uh, course and I was selling that for Mm -hmm. 197 bucks. And those people that I was in the program with were buying it from me. And so now I was able to uh, model what Ty did. And I was like, well, if I go on the road, People are going to watch. He's like, that's fucking cool. Look what he's doing. And then all I have to do every now and then is be like, hey, yo, if you guys want to get your course, blah, 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 go to this website, right? Which wow. was the website. At the time, I didn't have a website. There was no URL. I had, no, I had nothing, bro. I was like, I would do that on Facebook. They would, they would uh, engage with content. I would message them. I would chat them up in Messenger. And I would sell them the program in Messenger because Messenger has a feature where you can charge somebody. So I didn't have no PayPal, no Stripe, no no crazy fucking links. I just was like, I have a hundred. I was like, yo, this is me in Denver. This is me driving the U-Haul. This is me packing up. This is my dumb best friend. This is us you know, smoking beers. <laughs> like, this is us at the fountains. This is us day drinking. And people are like, oh shit, look at Marshall go. He's out there really doing it. And I'm like, hey, by the way, you guys, if you want to like make money uh, with Facebook ads, go, go grab this shit. Anyways, we're going to go do this bar now. Whatever. We're black on. Mm. And so, um, I would hit him up in the DM and we would just build a rapport. I can sell on video in the DM via text in the DM or via voice note. And so people think that sales is just like one thing, but dude, you guys are in a digital age, you've got to learn how to sell via text, via video and via voice note. It's absolutely imperative because I can, I can close the no like and trust factor like that in the DM using all three of those in the same conversation. Like it's, it's lethal. Okay. Brilliant. So yeah, the more, no, bro, there's not, there's, there's, listen, I'm telling you, but I, I want, I want them to go back and rewatch that last clip dude, again and let that sink in. I, I got to hire, we got to get somebody, an intern, we got to get somebody to take this, like this episode's prime. You know how many clips are in this episode? You clip Matt, you clip Sam's episode, you clip TJ's episode. There's a bunch of little clips you could do for one minute within that. And then there's the little clips that we have of what else would do. I, well, I need to get like that. All from one that. show. Why we need to find show. an intern that can do that. Somebody that's like trying to build their business. And one, one thing, another little gold nugget that I want to touch on since you brought it up was you were talking about you were using that that footage of you driving around and all that um, as content. I, I know for, uh, I saw Billy Jean was explaining how he paid for advertisements on billboards in uh, San Diego area, I believe. Yeah. And he was like four billboards in San Diego. Like it wasn't cheap. It was like 
thirty something thousand dollars total or something like that. Oh, and he said he actually digital age. Say it again. He's utilizing it in the digital age. Yes, because he, what he did was he said that he actually lost money on his investment by using the ad um, and selling a course or whatever he was doing. But he did a helicopter ride around getting footage of his billboards and yeah and then he so said he, he made seven figures off yes. of that content from that so so it's, it's just so i'm just it or uh, i just wanted to emphasize the power of the content um to drive basically it's interesting that you say that because billy uh gene is in san diego where i was at and so like four years ago i came across a billy gene video before he was like before anybody knew who he was and i've been following him for a long time and I used to tell my then girlfriend, I was like, man, I want to make videos that beat, that beat Billy. But that was when his stuff was still almost kind of generic. Now it's like next mm. level. Like we need, we need some Skrilla to outdo Billy Jean. But I Ooh. believe that he's still the, uh, for me, the top of the heap when it comes to just straight fucking content creation that sells. Um, but that being said, I want to beat his commercials. Uh, for those of you guys who uh, have ever seen the famous commercial online, uh, the Wolf of uh, Wall Street or the uh, Wolf of Paid Advertising, and Billy Jean reenacts the scene from Wolf of Wall Street, where uh, in Wolf of Wall Street they're in the, the sales floor is going nuts, and he's like, "Are oh, you not fucking leaving? I'm not fucking leaving, right?" And he, yeah, and there was chanting, and they shaved that that chick's head. Um, he reenacts that scene, and it went like viral. By the way, your boy's in in that video. Me. Oh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna have yeah, to go. Actually, I'm gonna have to dig that one up. Hold on a second. Let me show you because I, I think it's the cover photo. Now, you guys, just so you know, this is not a lie. I'm a strategic motherfucker, and even though I come off as a fucking stoner, every single thing I do is calculated. Like mm. I'm always ten steps ahead of you. I'm sorry. That's why I rock because God made me that way. And so when you guys think I'm a little Marshall, like bro, I always have a wow. fucking plan. Everything is framed. So what I'm saying is that I answer so Billy. I'm friends with Billy Jean on Facebook. I actually have a video on YouTube uh, about this. I used to make a show called Marshall in the Making in 2017, where I was doing a daily vlog. It just became too much. But I have an episode of this day, um, and it's uh, the day that uh, it's the whole story of how I got invited to go be an extra in that video shoot. I was like, oh fuck yeah! This was like well, like three years ago. And so Billy Jean and um, his people invited me to the uh, fucking place. I showed up barely in time because I went to the wrong building. I get to the elevator, which was like in a WeWork building, or it was called a, well, it was like a WeWork, it was a collective uh, uh, workspace. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm rushing there, I'm late, and I get into the elevator at the last second, and it's with Billy Jean himself and all the people. And I had knew, no, so I'm trying to play it cool, you know? I'm like, <laughs> what's up, man? And I look good. I'm like fucking all fitted out. I look good. I got the fucking gold watch. I got the nice, I mean, I look good, bro. You know, I did. Swagging I, out. I look good when I'm showing out, bro. And so I'm like, um, uh, I'm fresh haircut, had the slick back hair, real. And so I'm like playing the call. I'm like, yo, what's up? I know who he is. But this, this is a Jeff Bezos moment when everybody else would have shut the fuck up and not said anything. Because I now, now Billy G and I are cool. We ended up at a ClickFunnels event after that. Now we've spoken at multiple events. Uh, he was at, he came and spoke at Thrive Connect, Connect Mastermind a few times. That's why I made content with him. I have all kinds of content with Billy. I've been part of his, I've been to his studio, done work with him. Like now it's been able for me. Uh, it came from showing up at that one thing. I was scared to fucking death to show up to that. Like, I don't even know how I got there. Like, I'm friends with them on Facebook uh, somehow, and somebody was like, oh, Billy Jean's needs blah, blah, blah. And I just happened to answer. I just showed up. I was fucking scared. It was like basically just like 20 people, mostly all his team, and then like two randos, one of which was me. I didn't, everybody knew that I, I didn't know anybody. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everybody we do is tired each other and they're like, that guy. But I showed up, bro. I mm. showed up. And so I'm fucking like, I'm um, I'm uh uh I'm trying to find the video. I'm um I'm nervous, but I own it. I'm like making my video at the time. I'm selling the Facebook ads course. I'm building an audience as Marshall Live. Nobody fucking knows who I am. But I show up to this event because I understand content creation is king. God damn, somebody should clip this, dude. Like, this is Bro, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking the same. Like, I'm the opportunity right now, just speaking with you right now, co-hosting. I just showed up scared shitless to do a live with you on the first show. And it's like led to like this wild? moment. Like, that's how quickly it can happen. So. Isn't that wild? Just showing up, bro. Yeah, that is. I'm, I'm like, listening to the story. Like, oh shit. Oh, my bad. Okay, my bad. No, you're good. Okay. I was just saying, like, oh, that that seems to be a theme. Yeah. Showing up, dude. 100. Um, and I, I, I like just gotta show up. So I was trying to find that video, and I'm glad that you showed up because I wanted to co-host Marshall Gillen's show, but I didn't have one. I didn't plan any of this, guys. Um, I, I'm not affiliating for Billy and Gene, but I, I want to show you guys this thing um, because I strategically planned this. Okay. With the very last shot, we were setting up for what he said was going to be the cover photo. And I, I just had a feeling this video was going to go viral. So your boy was like, I got right behind Billy Jean. But I got behind him in a way that you can see me, okay? Because I knew that this was going to go. And so I knew if I created content of this day, and then I was opportunistic because I was long, long game. I, I knew this was got Every opportunity I had to get behind Billy in those shots, I did. And I ended up being in the shot. Now you're like, oh, Marshall, why does that matter? Well, it really doesn't. But for the people who may not trust me, it gives me credibility and authority because they see that I've worked with people who know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. Mm. So check this out. I'm gonna show you the cover photo. The cover photo has since changed. It's more graphics. But Billy Jean is uh, the guy in the center, the big black guy, and he's getting ready to cut some hair, and I'm over top of him. Um, I didn't wasn't planning this, but we're also gonna take a second to watch the video because I want you guys to see the what I'm talking about. These are the kind of videos that I'm gonna make that Kyle and I are gonna make to to like to get people to watch our show. So Kyle, uh, have you seen this video? No, I don't think so. It's I th it might be four or five minutes, but we're gonna watch it. Um, we're gonna watch it. So okay. uh, just yeah, let's do it. So I'm gonna show you guys this screen. Okay, this is your boy right here. You can't see me in this cover photo anymore, but I, but like in the original one, like I am like this is me. I am directly over top of Billie Jean. Okay, <laughs> like I'm like fucking it. I I like what's gonna happen. Okay, but let's check this out. This is a dope yeah. video, and I want you guys to have some ideas of what's possible. Just to have some fun. We will see. Yeah. Five minutes, you'll see. To to have to be that present in that moment to know to do this is amazing. Long game, bro. Let's me shave a head. Wait. In about four minutes, this advertisement is going to disappear which gives me just enough time to shave her head and give you the opportunity to become a real marketer. My name's Billy Jean, and I'm the wolf of paid advertising. When it comes to paid advertising, on any given month, I spend about $10,000. Okay, just real quick, Gillen Gang, because I want this to be valuable for you. I want you to understand, Billy Jean is a, a, a service-based business. So he runs a digital marketing agency, and he sells courses that get, teach people how to do digital marketing. He then has programs that he sells upsells to actually coach them and then a mastermind that they can come be part of all this and do it. Okay. It's just, he's a multi seven figure earner in like less than three years. And now he's unlocking it for other people that want to do it. He's done. Okay. And so I want you guys just to understand that through creativity and having fun, he's just decided that a way that he's going to get a lot of attention for his business. So this works for any business. 
This is the power of video. This is what this is our product, Marshall Gillen Show with Kyle Dillinger. And now Marshall and Kyle are going to be replicating success, making videos about whatever we want. Maybe we fly out to fucking Vegas, bro. We film the whole thing. But while we're out there, we film the iconic scene of Dustin Hoffman and uh, Tom Cruise coming down the uh, runway in Rain Man. You'll be this dapper, dressed up guy, and I'll play the fucking brother that's whatever. And we'll come down and be like, yo, like the Marshall Gillen show, every other show, right? Like, just have fun. And so there's an opportunity for you guys to be creative. Content creators, Joe Rogan just proved with a $100 million contract from Spotify as possible. So I, I, I want to get back this. Um, Goosebumps. This video, but let's watch this because I want you guys to understand. I want to break this down. Man, this show just goes, I don't know, wherever we want it to. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Another $36,000 on billboards, about 100K on Facebook, and another 200K on YouTube. Cheers. And if I'm being completely honest, another thirty dollars to $50,000 on this penthouse. Company trips, a Bentley, a Corvette, a suite at the San Diego Padres. Why? Well, that's because it's awesome. Now, before you skip this ad, let me ask you a question. Do you hear that? That's the sound of opportunity knocking. Some entrepreneurs will skip this ad because they're allergic to opportunity. But not you. You're smarter than them. You know the consequences of not using social media advertising in 2017. And that's why you're still here listening. Fun center, baby. Right there. See these little black boxes? They're called computers. And I'm gonna let you in a little secret about these computers. They're not gonna create advertisements themselves. Without you, they're just worthless hunks of plastic. Like a loaded M16 without a trained Marine to pull the trigger. And in the case of the computer, it's up to each and every one of you my highly trained marketers, my geniuses who will not take no for an answer, my freaking entrepreneurs who will not stop advertising until your clients buy or freaking die. So again, you guys, he's just taking a famous movie scene and replicating for his brand and product. Super simple, super simple. Let me tell you something. There is no nobility in free traffic. My business has relied on Amen. paid traffic, and my business has relied on free traffic, and I use paid every freaking time. Yeah. Because when I need wow. customers, even if I'm in the back of a limo, I can open up my laptop, log into Facebook or YouTube, turn on an advertising campaign, and watch the customers fly in like this $40,000 gold watch. Bro, we shot that scene for probably like four hours, over and over and over. <laughs> Now, if anyone thinks I'm being superficial or materialistic for using social media, well, go pass out flyers outside of McDonald's because that's where you belong. <laughs> but before you click out of this ad and you depart this room full of winners, I want you to take a good look around at the geniuses in this room. Go Thanks ahead. Today. I'll give you a moment. Because sometime in the not-so-distant future, your business is going to be in big trouble. And you're going to be begging to pay one of these geniuses to do your marketing. So you listen to me and you listen good. 
Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good. Register for my training and start advertising. Does your girlfriend think you're a freaking loser? Good. Register for my training and start advertising. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Register for my training and start advertising. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming a genius. All you have to do today is register for my training and implement what I teach you. And I will put you in front of more customers than Amazon on Black Friday. I want you to ram your advertisements down your customer's throat until they choke on it. Until they freaking choke on it! <laughs> You'll be relentless! Obviously, this You'll is for a certain demographic of people. You'll be marketing our geniuses! Now let's knock this mother out the park! That looks so much fun. Bro, that day was so fun. But a cool idea of what's possible. Um, cool idea of what's possible when you when you know your de demographic, you know what it is you're selling, and then you just use video to drive it. Now back to the Grand Canyon video. It's like I realized that I was limiting myself by being in a relationship that didn't allow me to be who I wanted to be, and for constantly being blamed for being the person I wanted to be, for being too much, for wanting mm. too much. But finally I said enough is enough and I took action, I left. So we like broke up then and I left. I went to, to came home to help my girl move uh, out to Denver and I was filming the whole thing. Well, we were texting blah, 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 and I decided, okay, let's try it one more time. After she was just being so mean. Been there. And so she flew out to Denver and then from Denver we took a further trip where she went to the Grand Canyon there, went to like Hoover Dam and it was a miserable trip. Like it was miserable. I don't know how many couples are like that, but like, you know, I'm talking about those trips where like, like you get in a big fight or yet, which my, me and my family did all the time. I, I watched my stepdad be an asshole to my mom. They were getting a big fight. She would stick up for the kids right before we're getting ready. To Every trip. Yep. And then we'd pack into the thing, into the fucking uh, thing to go to the Wisconsin Dells, pretend like fucking mm. nothing happened where mom and dad didn't talk. And it's just, and that's mm. how it always was. And so it's nobody's fault. They didn't do that on purpose. They, it's perpetuated down. That's what was breaking the stigma, breaking the cycle. And it's the same thing I was doing in my relationship. So she flies back out. But point being, you guys, is that since 2017, it's interesting how I keep taking every opportunity to like explain myself. I don't know how I feel about that. It makes me feel, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it on purpose. Yeah. But, um, you guys see how there's, a, how there's an opportunity for you guys that when you learn how to use content creation to share your story, to, to show people what it is that you're doing, like you can change your whole life. Um, that's what we're doing here mm -hmm. at the Marshall Stone Show. We were going to talk about something completely different. Guess we weren't meant to talk about it. So um, I guess Does that happen every day. Yeah, every in day. some way, shape, 100%. or form. <laughs> hey, anything you want to say before we hop off, dude? What would you like to share uh, at the end of this up, man? What do you what, what are you going on with you, bro? Um, I don't know, bro. My I'm getting used to this new life. I'm living into like I understand for myself personally exactly what's going on right now, and that is like like bro. Back I used to I used to study Ashton Kutcher. Um, cause I wanted to be an actor at some point and it's like, oh, now all of a sudden I'm going to be in some content where I'm going to be doing some acting and it's like, oh shit, I had no idea what that was going to come of, but here I am. Uh, so I'm just for, for the point I want to make is like at any given moment, like you were present in that moment during that advertisement yeah. to know that you would use that in the future. 100%. Like, 
like just start being like practice being present as much as possible as the thing. when you have a vision of what you want to create which i know i wanted to be a content creator like i didn't know how it was going to happen i just wanted to take every opportunity because i knew that I, what my life and what i'm doing is not normal most people don't have a gear that allows them to get up every day and never quit i realized right. that's my mm. gift so i'm just amplifying it yeah I, 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 i've uh i spent a lot of time in um like the survival mode and the flight or flight, like Sam was saying, and, and you can't grow in that mode. So I, I, uh, as you know, I didn't have a, a drive or a, a purpose to drive me. Um, but I'm, I've been starting to feel into that the last three to six months and it's just amazing. And it, it comes from meditation and practice, like just yeah. being practicing on being present. Like, yeah. and then you will, you will get to do things like you just did yeah. be so present to know that you're going to create a piece of content that you have no idea what it's going to do in the future at the moment, but you just know it's going to be Dude, something. So sad. That it, it is what I, it is. You know what I think would be a cool commercial I was thinking? Um, is if like I uh, act like I'm, well, like not like famous, but like, you know, I'll be like, I'm Marshall Gillen. I am me. I'm Marshall Live. If I shoot different scenes of me bumping into people who are like seeing me for the first time in a long time, like seeing an old friend. So I'll bump into people like a cup of coffee and they'll be like, hey, what's up, Marshall? What have you been up to? And I'll be like, oh man, I'm hosting the Marshall Gillen show. And then they'll be like, um, and they'll say whatever like a famous show is right now. Oh, like the Joe Rogan podcast. And then they'll walk off. And I'll be like, no, no, not, no, not like that. And I'll be like, hey, what's going on? And I'll be a chick. And I'll be like, yo, what's up, Marshall? How you been? I'm like, oh, I've been great, man. I started the Marshall Dillon show. And she'll be like, oh, like the Call Me Daddy show. And she'll walk off. And I'll be like, no, 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 not like that. And like do that a couple times. And then the last time I'm like, no, God damn it. Not like any of that. Like the Marshall Gillen show. And um, then we could run that as an advertisement. You know what I mean? Mm. That I'll, I'll start practicing now. That'd be fun. I think I, I think I'll play a good nerdy character. What do you think? Yeah, you can, we can play I, whatever you want, dude. Okay, I, I'm, I don't know. I feel I my uh my parents. We used to watch Big Bang Theory a lot, and they they would always say that uh, I remind them of like a like the more suave and attractive Sheldon Cooper, I like that, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Like maybe I'll start getting into that role. Hi, bro. I, we keep aiming Bro. for two hours, but it's two I know. Two, so maybe that's a sign. Yeah, that's it right there, right as we're getting Let's off. Stop it at 222.22. All right, bet. I'll you, see bro. you tonight. Love you, brother. Oh, later. Peace. Yeah, later.